0: Ha ha ha
1: Welcome back everybody to the Mind Virus podcast. Morning Bobby. Good morning. How you doing? I am all right. Today is Monday, March 22nd, 2021. And welcome as to is, the Mind Virus
0: podcast.
1: As is tradition <laughs> here in the Mountain West, the spring equinox was snowy, cold and rainy on Saturday and Sunday yesterday. Yeah.
0: Yeah, the last few years it's been kind of disappointing cuz I haven't seen the sunrise, but uh it it happens when you can get the sun coming up over the mountains there. It's nice. The mountains are all
1: freshly covered in snow right now, but I'm sure you know, it could be 80 degrees tomorrow. I don't think it's going to be, but No, it it'll be a could while. Be. <laughs> but yeah, we're back for another uh, another round. Um Please visit us at uh, mindvirus.show. We've got a new little feature there. We've got we've set up a newsletter that you can join.
0: Yeah, an email list. Essentially, if you put your email on the list, we'll notify you when we've got a new show. And we'll sell it to Google. I No, wait a minute. I think we need to get a lot more people before we sell them to Google. <laughs> Google already <laughs> has your email address.
1: No, we, we of course will respect your. We'll
0: argument. notify you when we've started the, the Flood Bruno uh, omniverse of YouTube and are giving out degrees and things like that. And, and then maybe when we have show updates. But uh, I did a little looking into that. I looked at some possible domain names for our new school. Uh, if, you, if you didn't listen to last week's episode, we had a business idea that I think is a goer. I'm having a little bit of trouble, I think, uh, getting enthusiasm out of Bobby here. But the idea is simply is we're going to aggregate YouTube content and then hand out degrees after you pass our tests about these content, uh, these sets of content. And so the more money you pay, of course, the easier the test will be. <laughs> and then you'll become a credentialed pro or whatever in that subject matter. And, uh, you know, I was a little disappointed because... People have already taken the best titles, which PhD is probably the best title. Uh, means doctor of philosophy. And of course, doctor comes from the Latin, meaning teacher, docer. Uh, so teacher of philosophy, which is unfortunate because you get all kinds of PhDs in uh, subjects where they're not even teaching. They're just screwing up the world, like virology or something like that. They're out working for pharmaceutical companies. And uh, of course, you've got, MD, medical doctor, stuff like that, but uh, uh, yeah, they took the best terms. So we are going to have to invent a new acronym, which um, we were thinking Wizard or Grand Wizard or something like that. But we need your we need a little bit of input on this um, <laughs> on this idea. So the titles are still up for grabs. So feel free to to uh, comment on the website, mindvirus.show, and let us know what you think the titles should be that you receive when you go through the Bobby Flood, Jordan Bruno School of, uh, omniverse of YouTube, is I think is what I wanna call that. Anyway, that's a, that's a good tangent if to start you, on. If you ever wanted today. to be a
1: wizard, or a sorcerer, or a conjurer, or
0: something like that, now's your chance. I'm I'm trying to think of the the term that's like I'm way smarter than a doctor, you know, or a teacher. Like, how about the principal? Because if you if doctor means teacher, then you can have a PHP. <laughs> oh, that acronym's already taken.
1: <laughs> but principals are usually just
0: teachers that hang around for a long time, aren't they? Yeah, but we're trying to take back the language. So, like, what's you're the gym teacher. <laughs> well, we'll keep we'll keep we'll keep we'll keep stewing on that. Yeah, one. We'll, we'll we'll update you later on where that's headed. So, in you know, Twitter is not the real world. Twitter Twitter is an echo chamber of epic proportions. But since you participate on Twitter, I'm sure you've seen something interesting this week.
1: Well. I've seen what what's really starting to emerge at least on Twitter, which is not the real world, but you have this this stark contrast between what's being called team reality and team apocalypse. Team reality, team reality are people like Scott Atlas who advised President Trump there towards the end of Trump's term and other uh smart people, PhDs, wizards
0: Are these the censored PhDs that are on team reality? Some of them,
1: yeah. But it's basically the people who are saying this is not as bad as we're being told.
0: Now we're back to coronavirus topic. It's
1: coronavirus and then Team Apocalypse are the, still the people like Fauci saying everything is we're all going to die tomorrow. Okay, so mask up.
0: Are they literally like people on Twitter are li- literally talking about it in these terms? Team Apocalypse, Team yeah. Reality. Oh, that's excellent.
1: It's mostly Team Reality using those terms. Yeah, <laughs> and it, it's uh, but the reason I bring that up, and again, I want to repeat, Twitter is not the real world. Neither is Facebook. Or Instagram.
0: Or Google, in fact. Or by Google. the way, by the way, I don't know if you saw this, because I think I fiddled more with the website than you do, but I found an excellent search engine. I saw that you mentioned that on the website. On the website. Yeah. And the, the reason it's excellent is that it will show you the censored results. Most of the other search engines, like say, say you want to get away from... Um, Oh, I'm on the website right now, and I've got a pop-up. This is really annoying. It says, be cool, get notifications. Yeah, you M- made mind that. Mindvirus.show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, now I can click on my...
1: Well, while Jordan is, is pulling up that search engine, so I'm seeing this. People are getting fed up with the state of the world. And we talked about this a little bit last time, but... Reality isn't matching what people like Fauci are saying. You know, Fauci's continuing to say the vaccine won't work against variants. You know, it's kind of funny because Fauci is becoming an anti vaxxer, like saying things like, get the vaccine, but it won't work against these variants. These variants, or as Team Reality calls them, the scariants, <laughs> are, are what is being used to prolong the the basically prolong the 15 minutes of fame that fauci and 52 weeks of and the fauciites the fauciites are clinging on to hold
0: that thought so let me interject now i just want to remind everybody because you guys are influential in your circles and you're on team reality or at least i'm i assume rooting for team reality here because it's good to be a truther it's good to be a reality er and uh these, these variants that, or scariants that Bobby's talking about, these are mutations of the coronavirus, and the coronavirus is well known in history up until 2020 as the second most common cause of the common cold. So what we have is new possible common cold variants that are coming out that are being rebranded as scary because you need to be scared in order for the team apocalypse, apocalypse to have power. So... Just that's a little side note, little little footnote here in the podcast. I want to, I think that's really important that you remind your friends and family and anyone that you come in contact with, maybe shout it from the rooftops if you can, by a billboard, and make sure that it says that coronavirus is the second most common cause of the common cold. Well, okay.
1: This term that I'm seeing, emerging variants, and that's something the press and like people like Fauci are using, emerging variants, that's just a scarier sounding term for what we've always referred to as the common cold. Every year, the common cold mutates and varies. and Yeah, now, and,
0: and this year was just a, a more uh, severe, so they called it severe acute respiratory syndrome instead of a mild acute respiratory syndrome. This year was just a more severe variant that they were able to take massive advantage of.
1: And we mentioned last week that we don't want to keep pounding on coronavirus and and we're not going to this we week. can't help it but I do bring it up because because it is relevant to kind of our topic today and I bring it up because you have these talking heads on television and on the internet who are basically cheerleading for all of these they're basically cheerleading for for aspects of our lives that would that lead to misery and unhappiness for the regular Joe Schmo. And they have been since the beginning. None of these people, like Fauci and all of his followers, have ever come out and, and celebrated good news. None of them have come out and offered differing explanations or advice on how to, how to survive COVID-19 from from a lifestyle standpoint. It's always been hide, cover your face, and wait for the vaccine. Wait for the vaccine.
0: Right. And nobody's ever come out and said, oh, you know what, we were wrong about this and that's good because, you know, it's not as bad as we thought. Nobody said that, even though clearly the empirical data shows that they were wrong about this and it's not as bad as they thought. And what's worse, they made statements early on like don't wear a mask and when it was politically expedient, you know, don't worry about it. Let's not do a travel ban. They did all that when they thought it was politically expedient, and then they switched, and they never they never gave a basis for why they were wrong in the first place. They simply said the science changed without providing any actual. I don't think they even data. said the science changed. They just said, "quote science." Well, Fauci quotes, Fauci science.
1: said he lied to us to protect
0: us. Oh, is that that's true? That's true. He did come out and say something like that, didn't he?
1: <laughs> just so the in the meantime. Here are five characteristics of a, of dystopian fiction, according to a website called masterclass.com. I just randomly s- searched this out. But these are five characteristics of dystopian fiction. One, government control. Two, environmental destruction. Three, technological control. Four, survival. Five, loss of individualism. Well... If you take environmental destruction and and instead substitute that for economic destruction or
0: any kind of cataclysm
1: or in, yeah any kind of widespread destruction, we check off all five of those boxes right now. We have government control. We have economic destruction. We have technological control. We have elements of survival, especially with, especially in different parts of the world where where survival was always high on the list of what to do today that we don't, here in the West, and especially the United States, don't particularly uh, yeah, understand. It,
0: it's almost heading that way, but uh, you've got at least economic survival. You know, i got to right. get...
1: And that's happening
0: right here yeah. in the West, too. I mean, there's, there's plenty of evidence of people who are out of food and need to take advantage of the food banks and things like that because of the situation.
1: Yeah, even right here in the, quote, best economy in the United States... According to our idiot in charge,
0: uh, oh, okay.
1: It, even Utah has had long food bank lines, and it was kind of ironic that just this last weekend there was a big food drive here in the state, and the uh, the executive branch, both the governor and the lieutenant lieutenant governor, wasted no time showing up at these things, getting photos of moving cases of food and acting like they're part of the solution to this problem that they've helped to create. Right. And, of course, number five, loss of individualism. Well, mask up. Yeah. Mask up. So here are five characteristics of dystopian fiction. Now, I'm sure there's other things. This is just according to one source. But Jordan and I have been talking about dystopian fiction um, recently and and thought we could elaborate on some of that. Well, today,
0: today today's uh, podcast continues in our series of what makes a good society. I think this is right. a great topic. I really enjoyed talk, talking about it, especially when we did the Field of Dreams episode, episode 12. Um, my favorite so far, I think, although the Truman Show was a pretty good one, too. But uh, this idea of what makes a good society is is A great thing to be discussing right now. Why? Because ours is disintegrating right before our eyes. And I sent you a link and I know it was late, but as homework for this uh, class, I I sent uh, for this class, for this podcast, I sent Bobby a link to a Zero Hedge article that I'll uh, actually it's an American Institute for Economic Research article that they reposted by Naomi Wolf. So we'll post this up here, but she she says in two thousand eight she wrote a book entitled "The End of America: Letter of Warning to a Young Patriot," and she had ten characteristics that are uh, ten steps that America was going to go through as it slid towards uh, totalitarianism, and uh, some of those were invoke a terrifying external or internal threat. Okay, so that goes along with cataclysm, right? In the in the dystopian novel, so they in in, in their or in the in the character the five characteristics of a dystopian uh, of dystopian literature that Bobby was just talking about, they've got this cataclysm and they they term it economic or uh, climate disaster, en- environmental right? destruction. Environmental destruction because because that's that's what a lot of the a lot of the um, uh, different stories center on the environmental yeah, destruction. Yeah, like a post
1: nuclear war uh, world or like the day after tomorrow, where like the World
0: freezes instantly. Yeah, and stuff like that. Or yeah, you've got you've got lots of that. Or but the it's ro- the road.
1: I haven't seen the movie, uh, The Road, but I've read the book, and that's that takes place in a post nuke environment.
0: Right. But an internal or an external threat creates the same. That creates the same thing. So coronavirus could be easily that environmental threat. So lest, lest you not see the big picture here. Clearly, coronavirus is one of those things that could could take the place of the environmental threat. Also, terrorism. And that's what she was talking about, Naomi Wolf was talking about, because we had been, uh, in 2008, we were seven years into this, uh, sort of another invisible enemy, an enemy that we don't, you know, we have to be afraid of, and we only see glimpses of them on the news, and that was al-Qaeda and Osama bin Laden. And we needed to be very afraid, and therefore, uh, seed instead of vest we needed to cede c e d e authority to the government that we would never get back. You know, while they while they take care of us. But that was one of her the first things on the list that she or that she points out in this article. The next one is that you create a thug caste. So, um, in in this case, it's your favorite people: idiot in chief and compatriot epidemiologist. That are essentially behaving like thugs as they enforce upon the society their edicts, you know. So and then I have to make one comment on that. Of our okay, please do. Recently,
1: uh, Utah Governor Spencer Cox was—he was reminiscing about the one-year anniversary of two weeks to slow the spread, as if it was a good thing. It's a really bizarre chain of. Of tweets, and he spent so much time on Twitter. But he talked about he said something like, "None of us could have predicted the year of hell that followed." <laughs> and the, in and, and the you know, and he talked about the tough decisions that they had to make up at Capitol Hill. And at the time, he was lieutenant governor. I just thought, when I even wrote this. I just said, "You." are the hell you created this you did this the virus didn't do it you did this and i think that's something that we we cannot forget we cannot let people off the hook that did this the virus didn't make businesses shut down but also keep let walmart stay open the the virus didn't force schools public schools to close, but kept private schools open. The virus didn't...
0: Let me tell you what else the virus didn't do. The virus did not kill a half a million people, contrary to what the public officials want to say the stats are. What the virus did was uh, contributed to the deaths of a lot of people, and in some cases probably was the main contributor to their deaths, but but even the CDC has been on record with their published data explaining that Half of the comorbidities, at least half of half of the deaths were, they, they don't explain it this way, but the way it needs to be interpreted is that they were with COVID, meaning people died with a coronavirus in their system that was detectable by a PCR test that had forty cycles, which is insane, right? So, uh, half of the half of the um, deaths need to be attributed to other other things other than coronavirus. And uh, in the case of simply only, only coronavirus, it's only 6% of those deaths only could be attributed to coronavirus. And the, and then about up to about 50% of them are tr- attributable to flu and pneumonia-like symptoms in conjunction with coronavirus. And if we look at how much excess death, death above and beyond what we would have expected, it's more like 250,000 or maybe... 200,000 for the 2021 flu for the 2019-2020 flu season and then for 2021 2020, 2020, 2020 and 2021 flu season cuz that's how they 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 run these numbers from October to October. They they don't run them uh, according to the calendar year cuz they want to catch uh the fall winter flu season. So uh we're only you know we're through that and we're a couple hundred thousand deaths into it if if you want to look at it the way. But remember, the state locked people in their homes and they kept people from medical care and they caused more depression and anxiety and drug use and uh, alcohol use and they caused more suicide. Literally, statistically speaking, it is actually provable. And I, now I'm going to have to put that article up. and anyway, I think it was the American it Institute was. for Economic Research. But they pointed out that amongst about? amongst children suicide was actually higher than COVID deaths. So when we, so it is their fault. It literally is their fault when, for causing all this death. When you think about
1: the last year and you know to to frame it in Spencer Cox's words, the hell that ensued or the, the hell of the coming year, I don't think any of us the first thing on our list is not the virus. It is all of these external controls like lockdowns and closures. And what we've called on this show the a demoralization campaign, that is what made the last year hell. Okay, a, a virus is something that we've all lived with our entire lives, and everybody who's ever lived has dealt with disease and and respiratory illness as just a constant. Uh, it's a constant thing in our in our world, and we deal with
0: it accordingly. Right, and the levels of death were were normal, and. You know, slightly above average, and we never had the Monty Python "Bring Out Your Dead" up, uh, moment. It, you know, they they aggregated as many people as they could in certain hospitals well, so not they could quite make dead yeah. Is <laughs> that <laughs> one guy on the pile says that right?
1: I'm feeling much better.
0: <laughs> and then they beat him over there. <laughs> That's what's going on. Right. <laughs> so Monty Python predicted it. But yeah, they 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 they, they had their news uh, photo ops where they could they could make a big deal out of it. But in general. Uh, hospitals were not overrun uh, th- This happens from time to time I- I've got a friend who Was reminiscing about when her child was born He had RSV and they took him to the hospital And they had you know beds everywhere Because there was an RSV uh, surge That yeah, year There was so an RSV th- scare a few years ago These things happen all the time
1: KSL, our local communist
0: Yes, that is Our correct. local the news The local
1: Pravda Uh, they ran a story a couple weeks ago asking where is the flu and of course they had no answer the doctor was quoted in that article saying we have no clue but in addition to not knowing where the flu was is rsv has mysteriously disappeared which is all counted as covid i think i think it must be but rsv is is a particularly strange one because that's a that's not as seasonal and it's Really, only affects kids, and COVID's not affecting kids, and so these guys have. The way I'm, the way I see it, is that all of this has seemed is just being wrapped up. Every kind of illness is now COVID. But anyway, right? RSV
0: you- stands for respiratory syn- syncytical virus, so it's a common respiratory virus that usually causes <laughs> mild cold-like symptoms. Right. So, so what is that? It's a cold. It's just a little bit more severe cold that they that they uh, associate with children, or, or or the elderly. So, how how does it get lumped in with Corona? I mean, how does it disappear? It's the same thing as coronavirus. How does flu right. disappear? Because it causes the same well, symptoms.
1: That was the funny thing about that article was that the the most obvious explanation was not even explored, and that obvious explanation is we're counting. All these things that we used to count as cold, flu, pneumonia, other types of influenza-like infections and respiratory vi- viruses are being counted as SARS-CoV-2. And despite all that, and despite the testing, uh, the the testing inadequacies, cases are dropping very quickly all over the United States right. as we move into the tail end of that season.
0: Right?' They're, they're character, characteristically dropping now. And uh, l- lest you get too worried that we're going to be all doom and gloom this episode, I'm sure we'll we'll vacillate between doom and gloom and positivity. But we're hoping to have a really positive discussion as we explore and con- uh, well, compare and contrast some of these it, some of these utopian slash dystopian uh, stories and, and uh, pieces of literature, movies and stuff that's out there. But it, it bears it, it's important. And, and before you finish your thought, because we're talking about the local Pravda, um, Pravda was the uh, Soviet Union's state-run newspaper. By the way, one of the one of the steps that Naomi Pre- uh, Naomi Wolf points out in her book in two thousand eight is that they have to target the press, so that the press has been taken over. And uh, uh, KSL is an interesting study because. Now I'm now I'm going on to another chance. I'll save this for, for a minute later, but I've watched it in the last decade as they switched from r- somewhat reasonable to like what appears to be purposeful propaganda and and there I I noticed that in the way they changed their treatment of certain social issues and uh, issues like gun control but uh they really have been targeted and taken over and they're being they're being used as a weapon against us finally the final step that naomi wolf points out is that you have to suspend the rule of law and 2020 that's exactly what happened due to the external threat the external cataclysm the climate disaster or the the invisible enemy they suspended the rule of law that's where we're at she points it out we've gone through the whole thing all of the steps so it, it it is a little depressing but what what's cool is it gives us a chance to re to uh take their reset their great reset and for us to do the reset and fix it cuz we weren't it wasn't like things were perfect in 2019 we were we were headed into in a bad direction and it wasn't like things were perfect in 2001 august right before 911 it wasn't like things were perfect in 1980 when Reagan was elected president and, and you know it, a, a lot of people will say okay if we just go back to the Reagan years you know or if we could just go back to before World War I or before the Civil War you know I had a great teacher that would say well if we could just go back before Cain slew Abel then we'd all be okay <laughs> no that's it's just it's indicative of this world that things go this way
1: as we often say on this program pro, are we, we're not a program are we
0: no because programs program people. We're a virus. We we <laughs> manipulate the mind in even more insidious but ways. But as we often
1: say, we live in a fallen world. And a fallen world is a is a dystopia.
0: Yeah, that's what the nature of this world is. It is a dystopia. It's captivity. It's a it's a mind prison and a physical prison. And that's why in in the scriptures, especially the the scrip- the Christian scriptures, the the New Testament, for example, you'll get this language about Christ freeing us from death and from captivity. He, he, he gives us salvation in that sense. You, uh, you've been taught in a lot of the Protestant, even Mormon, you know, Catholic churches that you, you have to be freed from your own self, from the fact that you're an evil person. But no, it's the world that that has been pulled over your eyes, the darkness that has been pulled over your eyes that, that tends to cause us to engage in bad behavior. And by freeing us and, and, and giving us light and life, we then recognize our true selves and we naturally overcome that behavior. So, so instead of feeling bad about this, you should just have a recognition like, oh yeah, if I knew better, I wouldn't do this or that. And of course, when you realize it, you need to start to try to do better in your life, whatever that issue or temptation is that you think you're facing but don't beat yourself up over it that's it's it's part and parcel to being in the dystopia
1: so one of the reasons i brought up the twitter team reality versus team apocalypse is that and and also one of the reasons i brought up that twitter is not the real world is because even on, even on twitter team reality is starting to starting to manifest itself and they don't even know they're on team reality. It's just normal people. Over the weekend, there were huge protests, peaceful marches all over the world. I don't know if you
0: saw any of the I saw a little bit of Photos news on or, that. I'm, yeah. I'm saying, where is it in the United States? Is it not here because California and New York are so far gone? There was gone? some in and New York U- City. But Utah sees the light because our legislature finally put, put a little bit of a yeah, full m- court press on the governor. Most of
1: these were in... I, the, the, the the pictures I saw with the most people were out of London, surprisingly, because UK has been locked down really hard. Yeah, and, and the their, UK has
0: been a police state for quite a their, while.
1: Their Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, who famously had and recovered from SARS-CoV-2 or COVID, also took the vaccine that you know made a big show of getting vaccinated. (laughs) But the the propaganda is so obvious now. It's so obvious that we should all be seeing right through it and then acting accordingly. You know, to bring up our own local see Utah's and forgive me if you don't live here. I hope you don't, because I hope want to. I, I want to <laughs> enlarge in our audience more than just the, the people that uh, Jordan and I know. He wants, to, in, he wants know. to embiggen
0: the audience. Yes,
1: embiggen is another good word. But here in Utah, we like to pride ourselves on being a conservative, liberty and freedom loving state. And I think there are a lot of individuals who who do uh, genuinely love and and value. Those things. I don't think those people are in government. <laughs>
0: well, yeah, they're not. You have to laugh. But, you have to laugh. But the there the, are there are some in the legislature. There
1: are, and they're they're and there were they're, the, what,
0: they're what they they are good. Who was it
1: that said? Oh, those constitutional
0: texts. The, the, they are good. They are the good people that everyone up in like. There's this like uh, in Salt Lake. There's kind of this little dark, secretive. Thing going on, the media won't won't talk about it, but they'll allude to the governor having to have conversations in private with the uh, legislature. That's because they don't want the truth and the good principles right. to get out. Because if they were held in public, if the meeting was public, everybody would be like, "Well, of course we're going to do what these liberty-oriented guys want because they're right." Right. And and the legislature has been talking, and so those those leaders in the Utah legislature have some effect on the other people in the legislature because it's so obvious and fortunately we have those people and therefore the the political machine has had to keep them under the under sort of a blanket and let me just give you a, a, for instance if you google sb195 in utah that was the bill the legislature was finally able to get passed with even with all of the the moneyed interest and the powerful executive and the media really putting as much Throwing as much water at, on it as they could. This was the bill where the legislature said, "Enough is enough." And as of April tenth, or whatever it is, Utah's done with the masks. The, the, at least the mask mandates. They're going to keep them in schools for a little while, but they, it was sort of the, the legislature saying, "Okay, we're taking over here, and you, and we're creating a path to the end of all An of your game, which the th- end of your emergency." Neither Herbert
1: nor Cox seem to have
0: right. And this had. this bill passed unanimously. And it limits the executive on on the current emergency and then on future emergencies. And this bill passed unanimously in the Senate. So all of our senators voted for it, and all but except like four or five of the l- legislators in the House voted for it. So so we do have some good people, well, and, and Cox, they are having an effect. Cox it's just the media. The media is super powerful.
1: Cox signed it, but. I don't Only, think he
0: signed it. Did he just let it allow it to...
1: Or may, maybe not. I think
0: there's a way that you can allow it to come in, go into law without actually signing it. I know, he, I know it.
1: he had reservations. He has reservations about everything that would curtail his influence. And it's really interesting because he's openly said a few times, we will have a private conversation about this with the legislature. And to me, that is the public officials should never be having private conversations, especially when it comes to the debate over
0: laws. Well, I would take away the especially. I think your statement can stand on its own right there. Public officials should never be having private conversations. But that's a question that I want to pose when we get to the dystopic utopian literature, because there's always... In, in in these genres a lot of times what you see is that the the world is not the way it seems and that the the leaders of the society or the leader is hiding a very very important truth and so i want to talk about that because right. there there is an there is a place for there there's a rationale for the idea that not everybody should know everything all at once and i'll, I'll get to that in a minute i don't want I, look I could totally this tangent is a really good tangent. So let's not uh, okay. let's not go on it yet.
1: I'm going to just I do want to wrap up um my little my little uh, my little tangent on on Utah. So again, w- we think we're immune to all of this here in Utah. Oh yeah. And we, this is a good this is a good subject. We are absolutely not only we're not our, not immune, we are super susceptible all you have to do is look at, drive up and down. So Utah, if you don't live here, Utah has I-15 running right through the middle of it from north to south. And it's really the only way to get anywhere in this state. And it's kind of ridiculous. There's no east-west travel, but don't get me on that. And In the Wasatch Front... The the,
0: the mountains do run north to south, but anyway.
1: (laughs) Right. But even just within the valley, north-south, or or sorry, east-west travel is really difficult. But I-15 runs right now in the middle of the state, right along the what's called the Wasatch Front. That's where most of Utah's population lives from Brigham City to Spanish Fork. Probably 90% of our population. Yeah, it's like 2.5 million people. Out of 3.3 3 million people. So if you drive, right now if you drive, you don't even have to go that far. If you drive up and down I-15, as everybody does because it's the only way to get anywhere, you're going to see billboards. Up and down the freeway saying things like stay home, stay safe. And right now, of course, it's shifted to all vaccine. Vaccines it, are safe. It's vaccine. And effective. It's vaccine, vaccine, vaccine. The Utah government has basically become an ad agency for big pharma. And the someday the state of Utah COVID 19 response task force team apocalypse Twitter account. Should be archived and studied for for uh, picture perfect propaganda. It is the most blatant, ridiculous propaganda. Let me give you a couple examples. This is all recent, and it's funny how they try to be they try to be hip. They've 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 often had these little graphics and stuff that call SARS CoV two or COVID nineteen the Rona, and they've they've. They've recently said, Are you looking for a new cause to join? Join us in slowing the spread of the Rona. It's like what?
0: A new cause. But this It's like is- it's it's not like a it's it's not I mean, it seems similar to the movies or like a, a, a book you might read, but it's like a bad movie. It's, it's like a B-movie apocalypse movie. It's not even a good movie. It's, it's terrible. like terrible.
1: It's seventh. It's a seventh grader writing propaganda. Here's an example. This was two days ago. It's not too late to join and become a Rona Alert Influencer. It takes literally two minutes to join and get started. We need your voice. Plus, you might win some cool stuff. Yeah, that's because they're
0: losing people on what, Twitter.
1: What is a Rona Alert ambassador this campaign? Is some, this
0: is somebody that... They're
1: even that, calling it a campaign.
0: Well, what they're doing is they're losing... The, even with their CIA troll farms running all the the uh, robot accounts telling you what to do, they're losing influence, so they need to recruit more people to, to, to parrot the party line.
1: Here's another one. And they have this... this well,
0: well, didn't you send me one... Before you do that, there was one you sent me where they were trying to recruit religious organizations...
1: Right, what, so this was a summary of last week's uh, Thursday weekly press conference, right? And they used the words, we will lean on religious organizations. Lean on relig- religious organizations. You know what that sounds like? That, that sounds like a mob
0: boss. We're in league with the, the LDS church, by the way, is what that means.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. This is another one they said, and it's accompanied by a video of people like, uh, of course, young people hanging out at restaurants and stuff. It says, we all want to get back to nights out with our crew and getting back there starts with getting vaccinated for COVID-19. It's safe. It's effective. It's how we get our lives back. And that's a, that's a phrase they have been using repeatedly. It's how we get our lives back. That is an evil lie. Yeah. That is a lie. And it is, it is dirty propaganda, and it's coming from our state government. And they've been doing this from the very beginning with billboards along the freeway, with television and radio ads. I don't know how much money they've spent on all this, but it, it has to be a lot. A lot of money has been spent on this garbage. And they are. They've, they've, completely, lost the, they've completely lost the people. The people of Utah are just moving on with their lives. Now there are
0: some that there are a lot that are getting vaccinated but
1: and these mask mandates aren't aren't going to go away but it's I, I, they're going cla-
0: to they're going to claim the uh well the mandate's going away on April the 10th the state
1: mandate but these the companies the, the multinational companies mul- are not going to and here you have two, you have two very influential local grocery stores that are going to keep theirs they've already said that they're keeping you know the kids are the Demographic that are at at the least amount of danger for both getting it and, and having a it. bad income, uh, bad outcome and spreading it. And yet kids are going to be the ones who are masked up and tested more often and longer than any other demographic. This is absurd. It's absurd. And it's foolish. So, if you do live here, write to your legislator and be angry and tell them that this is all a joke and that it's inappropriate for the The way the state has handled this has been obscene. They've treated us like children. They've they made it illegal for us to gather with our friends and family around the holidays, and now they're and now they're just pushing. They're 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 big pharma shills. That's all. They're just drug dealers at this point. Whether you want the vaccine or not is irrelevant. You have your government spending tax money advertising products
0: for a private for, industry
1: for, for private business. That is called, there's a word for it. It's <laughs> do you want me to spell it?
0: Does it start with an F?
1: It starts with an F, and it's not a swear word. It's called fascism. When the government and corporate interests combine to use force and the threats of violence and a monopoly on violence to make you do something, that's called fascism.
0: Absolutely. Sometimes they call it a corporatocracy. Um, there, there are people that will uh, debate this Whether it's really technically fascism How Mussolini was different But I think that's the generally accepted term nowadays Is that when the corporations combine with the state That's fascist And that's exactly what's happened And you know it's funny And they own the state It doesn't matter who owns who Fascism got uh, a reputation as being a dirty bad form of government And that's what let's, let's call it that It's fascist jackbooted thugs Thuggery Mind control they're, they've suspended the rule of law. You can't get any court cases through because the government doesn't want to address the obvious and onerous attacks on personal liberties that are supposedly guaranteed to us by our bills, bills of rights. The uh, Utah Constitution Bill of Rights, uh, or the the Constitution itself, I don't think it i, I got to go check and see if it actually has a Bill of Rights, but it has the same— rights enshrined in it as the United States Bill of Rights has. And so they don't even they don't want those courts, those cases to come to the courts because they've had to slow everything down. They don't they don't want that stuff to come out because they clearly are in violation of it.
1: We have federal and local governments literally telling us that if you don't if you don't take this product, and that's what it is, Pfizer even came out you know, in their earnings call and said, or throughout the rest of this year, 2021, we will, 2021, we will raise the price of our vaccine to make it more in line with what it should cost because they've, you know, given these governments a quote discount. So the price is going to go up and they're going to continue to advise people to take it because it makes them a ton of money. And they're openly saying that. They're openly saying that. At least the Pfizer people are. So the government is literally telling you that you cannot live a normal life if you do not purchase this product.
0: You know, this happened recently to America, and it was called Obamacare, where they forced you to buy the insurance product.
1: Same thing. And now Big Pharma is getting their
0: big payoff. And it was a health-related scam, similar to this one. So,
1: Right. You remember that during the debates in the, kind of the lead up to that we were told that millions of people die every year because they don't have health insurance <laughs> and that this would save millions of lives sounds similar you know it's funny about us today bringing up naomi wolf is that team re- team reality is uniting people from left and the right you know Na- naomi wolf consider, would consider herself politically left mm and yet she's being accused of being far right because she's saying we're a totalitarian state (laughs) saying things like hey covid pandemic is being used to take away our rights oh you are a trumper (laughs) yes
0: it's It's crazy twitter is
1: not the real world but it, it is a snapshot but it's interesting though that the unlikely alliances and even like Glenn Greenwald which is is never been considered a a right winger is being accused of being right winger because right he's gay he speaks out uh, uh, uh he speaks out against censorship
0: he's a great writer great researcher yeah, and he,
1: and he's been a, a Jordan mentioned you know he's gay he's been a he's been an advocate for for same same sex rights and things like that he's he's not a conservative I don't think he's ever considered himself that. I
0: But No, I just, think there'd be a lot we would disagree with him on, but But the funny but thing the is the guy's the one that broke the uh, Snowden story.
1: Right, and he was one of the few on the left. I think he I think he got to start with Slate. Yeah. He used to write for Slate, which is a left-leaning publication, but he was one of the few in the early years of the Obama administration that was anti-war, and he was consistently anti- War through the Bush, Obama, war on terror, and was you know got criticized by the left.
0: Right, you got to admire. Always ironic. You because- got to admire his principles and his consistency. I mean.
1: So the point being that you're seeing traditional ide- ideological lines get broken down, which is a good thing. And yeah. people are, people are allying with other like-minded people into team reality and team apocalypse. And it's, uh, be- that's, I think one of the keys to preserving our nation and and really individual rights and liberties throughout the world is to get rid of that left, right dichotomy. It's used it's a false dichotomy that's used to divide us. Because it's my belief that most people, whether they consider themselves left, right, Republican, Democrat, whatever term you want to use, agree on almost everything. And that most of, these, most of all of us have the same ends in mind. It may be just a different approach to getting there. But that's not the, that's not the picture that the media wants, wants to portray. They want they want you to believe that every Trump voter is a violent right-wing domestic terrorism whereas whereas the press on the right wants you to believe that every left winger is a Molotov cocktail throwing antifa terrorist.
0: Yeah, well, I I I would wonder out loud here uh if maybe there's some caveats to what you said about everybody um essentially having the same principles or or well, uh, good in mind because the, well like don't we have a significant portion of the country that thinks government is supposed to do things for us right and i think that's and that's the problem that's been going on for and i think that's a product decades of, of this public school system public school system and the, and the media in the 20th century the 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 robber barons, the same foundations that brought us the medical establishment, right. also brought us the public education establishment, and have been steadily eroding what reality. I'm there, is,
1: what I'm saying is that I think that that would that would kind of fit into the different means to the same ends, because I think everybody agrees that it's a good idea to get educated. It's a good idea that. You know, we want more people, we want as many people as possible to have access to as many things as possible, services and goods and...
0: Right, but how we do that is the problem.
1: Right. And yeah, and you're right that both left and right, basically our arguments are how much of that should the government do?
0: Right. I think if we could uh, remove a lot of the FUD, the fear, uncertainty, the doubt, if we could remove a lot of the uh, distraction and have a realistic conversation, I think... a lot of people would be willing to repent, meaning change their mind and come around to uh, a more rational way to run society, but that requires people being willing to sit down and talk rather than being dramatically afraid of each other, right? Oh, we're all wearing masks. We only discuss in echo chambers like Twitter on social media where the digital world is controlled by external forces and influencers that are attempting to create fear and conflict. And it would require that we um, have the capability in that discussion to recognize that the credentials of the society have been misapplied. So that, uh, for example, that news organizations ought not be accorded the same level of credulity that, that a lot of people have been according them and that the public education establishment ought to be um, exposed for its flaws and its nefarious, um, underhanded, creeping you know, movement towards a uh, totalitarian state. Th- those types of things would need to be exposed and talked about openly. And that's that's the problem, is I don't think we could have that discussion. So, Or at least they're attempting to make it so we can't have that discussion. If we could have that discussion, I think regular honest adults might be able to... Well, they'd definitely be able to set up some sort of a uh, society that was better than what we have now. If we could just remove the high priestly class and, and uh, start fresh, but that's never what happens. There has to be a cataclysm to reset, right? And so, conveniently, when the oligarchy wants their great reset, conveniently, they have the impetus for it, that, which is a, a hidden invisible enemy that is ultra dangerous. It might kill you. It might, <laughs> might kill well, your grandma. I've said, it might raid the fridge at night and I've, I've pop called, the tires I've on your bike. I've
1: called this a totalitarian masterpiece because they, they have the perfect enemy because it can come and go as they need. Mm-hmm. They can call anything, uh, you know, a victim of this enemy, they can twist anything to become a, a COVID death, so to speak. They can, if
0: we go along with it. And see, the problem well, was
1: right, but it, we have so far. Well, but
0: we did, but we haven't had the bring out your dead episode, and so I don't think it's killed enough people. And the and the like you said earlier, the people are starting to come out. The people with the the pitchforks and the torches are coming out. And in Europe, it'll be inter- it's it's interesting to see Europe because. They gave up their guns. They don't have their guns, and therefore they have worse restrictions. And in America, we have these leftist, statist states—the ones that are more um,
1: authoritarian.
0: Authoritarian. They have less. They have more restrictions because the people are willing to accept those restrictions. And in the West and in the Midwest, we we've had less restrictions. In principle, they they they've tried to force these mandates, but you know, less less adoption, more civil disobedience, and and less restriction in principle because I think because they know the people aren't going to go for it, and so you you were talking earlier about Utah and it's uh, it, it, how we purport to be liberty oriented and but we really aren't we we only give it lip service right, and I I think that we should and this is largely due to the people in Salt Lake and the people who sort of set the tone, because I don't think it's reflective of the actual state as a whole, but because of the propaganda machine, they're able to get people to to buy onto, buy into their, their causes. And um, like, uh, the, co- the okay, dare I say it, the coordination between the, the LDS church and the state ha- has created this dynamic a little bit because the LDS church likes to get behind com- these... Uh, popular causes too because we i think because we've had a stigma in utah as being strange and weird uh or whatever for for a long long time so the people the church is the people and so there's this general um feeling that we want to be accepted by the world which is interesting because on one hand we'll say we don't care about that acceptance but on the other hand we're definitely out looking for it and so uh i think i think we could change the state motto to the me too state we're Me too, we want to be like California too. Us too, we want to have the Olympics here too. Oh, and we want our Olympics scandal here too, right? Whatever it is you guys are doing, we want to be that too. And so we, we want to be uh, in charge of government too. Oh, you have a really totalitarian government? We want that too. We want to have our guys, our, our return missionaries, need to run your totalitarian government too, right? That's That seems to be the attitude in Utah is whatever the mainstream propaganda, national propaganda outlets are pushing, we want that too. We need to be good global citizens too. This is literally, you guys know, the listeners of this podcast know that, that there's been language out there that we need to be good global citizens. And I would remind us, if we're really Christian, if we're really, you know, independent uh, truth seekers, what happened to the royal priesthood, the chosen generation, the holy nation, and the Peculiar people. What happened to that? What What happened to our courage for being different? I, I I think that everyone that is listening, whether you're LDS or not, you need to ask yourself that: Are you strong enough to stand up and be different? That's one of those things that is an is an element of the uh, dystopian literature genre is you always have a hero or a heroine who stands up and is willing to be different than, than the society. And because of that, their search, their hero's journey uh, search for truth leads them to discover that thing that the, either the society at large is ignoring or that the leadership is hiding. That's, that's generally an element of these of these um, books and movies and I think that's what makes them so interesting and, and fun uh you know mysterious and and entertaining is that there is something that that is out there that they ha- they can't quite put their finger on and they do and it's this huge reveal and you're like oh my gosh and it introduces a whole new universe of possibilities
1: i think we also like them because we we like to see ourselves in the hero we like to think that if i were in that situation i would be the guy that stands up.
0: Well you have that opportunity today. We've today you have the opportunity. That
1: that's been blown that's been obliterated because very, very few of us have stood up
0: now that we've had an opportunity. And I know I've I've wanted to just stay home. I like I don't want to go out to the restaurant because then the poor girls at the restaurant are going to be like, oh you need to wear your mask. And I don't want to wear my mask from the hostess table ten steps over to the table I'm going to sit at. You
1: know, where are the the parents we've had no, no significant resistance to having kids as young as kindergartners wearing masks all day in school. Now we've been in-person school, and that's a, that's a good thing. But that doesn't... That, see, that's where we fall victim to this in thinking that we're doing it better than California. Like, well, our schools are open, so and Californians are
0: closed. Therefore, we... Must be doing we, something better. We value our freedom.
1: We've out-California'd
0: well, California.
1: Yeah, our schools are open on condition of kids wearing masks. And look, I've I've been down to the school a lot. I've mentioned that before. I spent a lot of time at a particular high school. There is COVID propaganda everywhere. I don't know how much money the school district or or the state had to spend on magic dots, six-foot dots, which, by the way, the CDC now says three feet's okay (laughs) because (laughs) reasons. So...
0: No, for real. Okay, really? Yeah. Okay. Well, so, how how does that work? It, like, I could I could lean over and kiss you from three feet. Well, I these could spit kids, in your. I could listen, give you a wet willy. These ki- <laughs> these kids haven't
1: been social distancing. Yeah. D- the point is they've been they've been, they've been disregarding
0: the whole the total of it. They they wear they wear their masks. Uh, they chew on their masks. They put their masks under their nose. And the and the question as to how well the masks have been worn depends on the teacher. In your class, how how indoctrinated yeah. your teacher is, and,
1: and what to, you know. So, but where are the parents? Where are the parents who are en masse saying enough is enough? And those parents are absent. you, well, you want to been... get parents in Utah mad. Show your students, if you're a teacher, show your students well, a a SJW George Floyd BLM video. Then you'll get you'll get some yeah. phone calls. Well, look, but the... forcing your kid and holding him hostage to the mask or to these tests people just lay down people just go along with it and and you know i'm guilty of that too and and so we've talked about this before at some point you have to stand up and take a risk for what is
0: right see uh all experience has shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer while the evils are sufferable than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. And that's, I think, where, I th- where Utahns find themselves and a lot of people find themselves because we, we really do have, you know, the, the thing that makes this insidious evil genius plan so uh, genius, so amazing, is that they're, they're attacking the fringes of your rights well, they're not just attacking the fringes. They're attacking all your rights—assembly, uh, free speech—through a uh, through a means that is not overt, warlike force. You know, in all the movies, in all the movies, what the the hero realizes. I mean, in some cases, they're forced into that uh, call to adventure because their home is destroyed or their family is shot or whatever. And that has happened many times in Amer- in, in world history and in, even in American history where we've had the the physical, like violent, visceral conflicts. But right now, it's a conflict over a mask, right? That if if you lose this conflict, then you lose a whole set of rights where, you know, it's easier for them to come in and put you down violently well, in a Hunger Games type of a way than than it would have been if you had won the mask battle but the but you're not having to run from the tyrant or from the robot or from from the armies or whatever physically so therefore it appears that the evils are sufferable and and so people are putting up with it and they also feel like there's a light at the end of the tunnel because you've had this deceptive uh, wait and see type of propaganda like two weeks to slow the spread no it's we need how another we two get weeks. our
1: lives back
0: yeah it's how we get our lives back and so like you can get your life back if you just do this little creeping thing it, it's it's worse in a way than open warfare because they just continue to lie to us You're and not- we continue to accept it because we feel like the evils are sufferable we when are the people going to recognize that there has been a long train of abuses and usurpations pursuing invariably the same object, evincing a design to reduce them under absolute despotism? It is their right, and it is their duty. Not just their right, but it is their duty to throw off that government and what provide that, new guards. What
1: is that hate speech you're reading?
0: I know. I, I'm just kind of making this up what out of thin com- air. That seems I like just
1: made that up. That's got to be like something from... A terrorist, right? It's right. a terrorist manifesto? It's a
0: terrorist organization. It was a terrorist organization known as the First Continental Congress written by people like Thomas Jefferson. And I'll have to put a link to it um, once again. This is not the first time this has come up, up in our podcast. What and sort of de- declaration? I w- <laughs> <is that? laughs> declaration. Oh, I think I, I might actually take that second paragraph, most of it, and just... Uh, Posted in my front yard just for passersby to read. <laughs> if you're sitting around waiting
1: to, quote, get your life back, you're not going to get your life back. You've got to stand up and reclaim well, see, you... your sovereignty and your, quote, your life. You you can't wait for the government to decide that enough people have been vaccinated, which here in Utah, that's 1.6 million vaccinations need to be administer before we can get our lives back. That's half the population.
0: Now, what is that written into one of the bills? Because mm-hmm. is that Senate Bill 195?
1: That's part of that April 10th. That There's conditions on that April 10th. Oh, so we might not meet it? It's numbers of vaccinations, I think, need to be 1.6 million. And I think we've just gone over 1 million. Of course, that doesn't count, quote, full vaccinations, where it's mm-hmm. the two shots, right? Mm-hmm. And transmission indexes have to be arbitrarily met. See,
0: this is the problem. The devil is always in the details right. with these legalist people. these these legalist uh, controllers who are continually putting the carrot out there, are two weeks to th- slow the spread, but all of these. Conditions must be met. Try,
1: try reading any of these bills and really right. understanding what they mean. It's that's, difficult That's the problem. Because lawyer speak.
0: U- Utahns are thinking that on April 10th, it's over. And so they're willing to suffer while that evil is sufferable. It's like, we can suffer till April 10th. Yeah. What happens when they pull the rug out from under us? What happens when they move the carrot? Are we going to say enough is enough? Now, I think what we could see is April 10th, somebody's going to go to a
1: grocery store and see that they're still being asked to wear a mask, and they're going to be, and be upset. Say, no, this this is over now. Remember the the law, and then and then some seventeen year old shift manager is going to have to be like, no, we can still. And then there's going to be conflict.
0: Yeah. So who are the grocery stores that have said they're going to do perpetual masks?
1: I think Harmons said something about that that they were going to continue with the ma- with their requiring masks to go into their stores. That's a big grocery store chain here in the in Utah. And Smith's is a Kroger brand. Kroger's a national brand, but yeah. Smith's is a local branch of that. I yeah. don't remember if they've said something
0: or not. Uh, you, you've you been in Smith's without one, right? I think I have. Walmart, I've been. Uh, you just run through just like, like, a, local like a running back breaking through the center of the line. Just uh, go right through. And then if you can get past that,
1: the local Smiths, I have not been ever bothered. And there's usually one or two others in there that are maskless.
0: Yeah. Well, I think we're going to start to see a heck of a lot more people. I, maskless. Even, I
1: I went to a Target right before Christmas. It was packed. No one said anything to me. Walmart, no one said anything to me. I did get asked to put one on the other day at a local hamburger joint, and it was packed. Okay. They don't have the, they weren't doing the every other table. It was, this place was overrun. And I, at the counter, at the counter, she gives me a mask so I can order, I can put one on to order. Now, this was so funny because there's plexiglass hanging down from the ceiling, separating me from the person at the register. And I told her what I'd like to order and she couldn't hear me. So we both pull the mask down down (laughs) and lean over to the side side of the of the plexiglass. I make my order and you give her and mask I, back here or somebody
0: else can use it. And this. then I go sit <laughs> down
1: and and there's a sign that says mask and I've seen this at other restaurants masks required, required. while standing. Yeah, mask re- ma- mask required while okay. standing. So when you sit at your table you don't have to wear it.
0: Two things. So Bobby, you predicted that there would be a surge of mask garbage. Oh, it's I, I'm starting to see the masks everywhere on the ground like just discarded masks. Okay, oh, so number 1. It's again I go prophecy. to high
1: school a lot. The high school grounds are covered in Littered masks. with masks,
0: yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, like, sea turtles are going to be dying because of this.
1: There's, I saw something, See, the, the number was uh, uh, astronomical of the masks that are being pulled out of cute, rivers cute,
0: and oceans. Cute little seahorse babies will die because of these masks. Cute little octopi. Like, the, the cutest animals are going to die because no, of this. No, Disney no, makes no, paper but,
1: straws. We're okay. It offsets it.
0: Yeah, but Nemo <laughs> might die. And Dory. Okay, the other thing uh, was I want to know what the burger chain was. Did it have a three-letter acronym? Mm-hmm. And was it south or north of us?
1: It was the one south of us.
0: Okay, now we've exposed our location for those who know.
1: <laughs> no, because there's a. Okay, bunch there's of those.
0: multiples around. Yeah. Okay, we could. Yeah, we still have plausible. It's a. It's if if um,
1: you're curious, it's a local-based, overpriced burger joint
0: still pretty good fries and stuff it's good but it's overpriced it's good shakes i mean it's like if you're gonna get a burger it's pretty good but they've raised their prices big time well prices in everything everywhere are going
1: up. you know building building prices are going through the roof like home materials like oh, yeah. the, the cost for lumber is like tripled Since i've, got a, f- I've got, got a good i've got a good friend
0: yeah i've got a good friend who's a contractor and he was telling me like all of his suppliers are raising their prices not like not like three percent, but like ten percent or fifteen percent, like his uh, subcontractors, they're all having a I to think pass that has to along. do with
1: some regulation. I think just the demand is so high right now because people are leaving states like California. Yeah, and it's also that freer states there's
0: more money in the system too. Lots of fake at money. At least for now. At yeah. least for now. Yeah. Okay, so So invest in Bitcoin or we not? keep
1: we keep getting sucked into the COVID vortex, but so much. Well of it's not
0: it's so, not the COVID war, it's, it's the destruction of our society. It's right. literally, that's they, the, they have that's wrecked... Been the latest vehicle. That's why we want to talk about a new society or a good society. They're destroying our society right in front of our eyes. And it's like in the scriptures where you've see, you'll you see this in the Book of Mormon, where the, the the narrator, Mormon, will say something like, and in not so many years, the Nephites became wicked. Blah, blah, blah. Right. It's like, and thus we see. And thus we see, blah, blah. And it's like, and in not so many years, America just completely lost its collective mind and succumbed to a uh, you know the destruction of their society and and they didn't have to they didn't have to we didn't have to do this i think it's people will say things like
1: you know i can't believe we just i can't believe we just let this happen in in march 2020 well it was it didn't happen in March 2020. It's been a slow progression for a long time.
0: Right, the destruction of the money. We and we talked about this in our very first episode. Very the, first episode. The last hundred years of monetary policy, getting the mon- money monopoly and all that stuff. It, it, it was a horse that was that could never be um, ridden forever. The idea when we finally got off the gold standard, and, and the fact. So the simple fact that the Federal Reserve note is not a an actual treasury note, it's a it's a debt instrument, it's lent into existence. That means eventually there has to be a an end destruction of that because when you pay off all the debt, the currency's gone and you can't do that. And so the if you can't you can't keep it in balance because human nature is to spend it and print more of it. And so then ultimately it ends in like a hyperinflation or some sort of a reset uh, or a vacillation between deflation and inflation until people finally get, um, tired of it and they choose new ways to, (laughs) to transact, which is what seems to be happening here with the digital currencies, stuff like that. So, so anyway, it was never, it was never meant to be permanent. And, and there are good, um, reasons to believe that this particular crisis was foisted upon us meaning the coronavirus crisis was foisted upon us because there needs to be a distraction from the the actual reset the reasons for the actual reset that's occurring because they can't ride the the federal reserve note horse into infinity so i think we agree this is, this is an intentional cataclysm that's being caused and and it, we're not we're not immune to it we're we're more susceptible to it as a society, because we have gradually given away our, our rights and our independence to the government. We've, we've farmed out things to the government that we never should have. And it's not just our fault. I mean, I don't know how old you are, if you're listening to this episode, but I think our demographic, I think I have a good idea of our demographic. And I don't think we have a lot of baby boomers listening to this, (laughs) maybe a couple, but the baby boomer generation, guys, I'm sorry, but you, 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 you blew it in a really big way. Uh, and, and it was not your fault entirely. I mean, World War II wasn't your fault. It was a continuation of the same cycle caused by the same people in oligarchy. But the the type of excess that you guys um, allowed to occur and the, the types of governmental regulations you guys allowed and... Just the general disregard for <laughs> for the future is somewhat astounding and it, it, it's not all the baby boomers, but in general it, they're the ones that are in control right now, and they're the ones that are scared out of their minds about dying from this virus I think it was
1: I think they were sold a big lie too though they were told that all of these regulations and these policies and things would lay the groundwork for a a sustainable future. And again,
0: I apologize for stereotyping. I know yeah. there are lots of good baby boomers out there. Some of the best teachers I have are, are baby boomers, you know, but, or that I have had. And now, now you have, and not to, not to,
1: you know, um, make it so our own age demographic is in Oh, we bear tons of
0: responsibility.
1: But now you've got a, a, a rising generation of people that aren't even willing to question what's going on and so what's really disturbing to me is the next 20 to 40 years who are going to be the people who are even, who even understand that something needs to change let alone have the courage and the wherewithal and the knowledge to do that right if you think about think about like there's still a lot of books you can get a lot of really diverse books on say economics. You can still get Thomas Sowell books. You can still get Ron Paul. You can still go and read the you know things from the Mises Institute. I don't know that those will still be around or even able to be found in the next decade. Well you know, from authors like that. There's there these types of voices are going to be
0: erased. Back to a tangent here. The name of the search engine for censored things is gibiru g-i-b-i-r-u.com and they have right underneath their web images video tabs when you search there will be two tabs one will be search results and one will be censored results and so if you want to see what's being censored go to gibiru and search and then click on the censored results I think it's uh, awesome I'm really I was thinking somebody's got to build this am I going to have to build the search <laughs> engine for the censored stuff and I, I have yet to really explore it a ton to see if they've really got everything there that I, that I can think of because I, I mean I I have to admit I mean I've been an inter- internet professional my entire adult life and I, I think I got pretty good at the internet and searching uh, being able to find information on it and I'm as a witness i am telling you it is very clear that in the last 3 to 5 years st- information has been steadily disappeared from Absolutely. you know it's been it's been uh, taken in the dead of night stuffed into a a barrel and thrown off of the off of the in, off of the waterfall or uh, they've put they uh, they've, they've st- stuck it in a hole poured cement around its ankles and dumped it in the east river i mean that's what's been happening to good information for the last three or five three to five years steadily quietly in the dead of night until january 6th when it became well and last year with the with doctors erickson and masihi and all of the censored medical professionals in the last year it became open and overt like a like a chicago style gang war or something shootings on sunday afternoon on main street but uh but yeah gaburu is a good one and um there's a lot of censored information out there, and if you want to, if you want to go look at it, that's a good place to start.
1: I'd recommend to finding hardcover or or paperback, but print printed books from authors like Thomas Sowell or Hugh Nibley or Ron Paul or
0: yeah, getting a traditional library isn't a bad idea
1: it, because those books, for now, you can still get them, and you can, might be able to find them. Used for cheaper, but those are going to go away. I think, you know, Amazon's already starting to s- decline uh, selling books from certain authors on certain topics. And Amazon, whether you like it or not, Amazon owns the book marketplace. Right now, where I live, there's Abe Books. There, the n- the nearest kind of big box bookstore is. A long way away, and I never go there. And but they're not going to be any different than Amazon.
0: Well, Abe Abe Books is a good used book. book yeah, store. you can
1: still find good local used book shops. And I always like
0: kind of wandering around in those and yeah. seeing what. But what I'm talking about find. AbeBooks.com. That's a right. Have you have seen that? Yeah. Okay, because they they have pricing that's pretty similar I to Amazon for used books.
1: I think I think that's where I got this this book. Approaching Zion. I got that used on. Amazon through you know a bookseller,
0: yeah. Um, well, I like I like Abe Books. Uh, if I can find something there, I'll try to purchase that from them versus Amazon. Right. Uh, eBay you can you can get a lot of used books right. on eBay. Uh, the, another tool that's really good for finding some of this uh, disappeared information is the Internet Archive at archive.org. Right. They Until have that's ruined. Yeah, but that, that's it's possible that that'll get taken over.
1: You know, it's interesting if you think about. You know, in, in the Book of Mormon, we learn about a civilization that lost their written, their written records. And how that, and also a civilization, or at least a, a faction of a family. You know, Nephi, who, who is the main character in the Book of Mormon early on, in the first, first third of the Book of Mormon. In the narrative of the Book of Mormon, Nephi goes back, after they leave Jerusalem, he goes back to get written record. And it, and there's a lot of important reasons why he does that. One of them is to preserve the language and the doctrines and teachings of his religion and his tradition. We're seeing what we're and we also we see another group that lost the ability to to keep their records and how they fell away from their their religious doctrines and the teachings of their fathers and their traditions. That's happening in our lives today. That's happening in the world today where historical documents are harder and harder to find, especially as we move from paper to everything being digital. And once everything's digital, it can change. It can change instantly, and no yeah. one will even know the difference.
0: Yeah, it makes 1984's Ministry of Truth look like a clunky old dinosaur. And
1: it's also really easy to, to delete digital things. Um, yeah, in, in 1984, Winston had to rewrite old news articles and then send... And they'd send have to ones. fake photos and right. and it then was, it was very make tedious. paper copies.
0: Now, you Photo- can just log on to the website, change the text, and it's done. Or, well, I mean, the guy had great vision, but think of how incredibly f- much further advanced <laughs> the tools are with Photoshop, with... Adobe Premiere with uh you know all the editing tools uh, Blender do... there's a there's a free software called Blender where you can you can 3D model if you if you know what you're doing you can make anything you can you can make your own movies with it
1: you can do deep fakes on your phone now that take 5 seconds you can take a photo of somebody and, and make them dance and sing to a song and they don't look super real but again we're talking about a free app on a phone that's meant for fun right
0: imagine what you can do with imagine what a a government with the resources of United States of America, the greatest most prolific nation in the history of the world. Imagine what they can do and are doing. Okay. Imagine what they have done to you.
1: All right, so where are we at? I don't know. We know we, we, know, we we're tangent tangent tangent. I, I think we all know. All of our listeners know. We both know that we're we're if not already immersed, we are descending into a dystopia. So,
0: what do we do? Right, we've talked about how maybe the episode we're living through is the origin story to 1984. Orwell's 1984, but not, not Wonder Woman 1984, not, which I haven't seen. I started to watch a little bit of it last night. It's not
1: worth your time.
0: I saw she was running around, uh, performing all her stunts in these like, uh, like claw. They weren't really clogs. They're like kind of like solid high heels. And I was, and then I went back when I saw that. I was like, that's. This is terrible, and because the first Wonder Woman movie was good, and I went back and looked at the first Wonder Woman movie and her costume and everything, it was like so much better. I don't know what they were. Tr- what are they trying to do? I, they're definitely not trying to make money. See these studios. <laughs> could, no, seriously, because they know what works, and we've talked yeah, about that. What right. you're you're a film student, you know what works, and they're not using the 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 basic. It's not really a, a tight formula, but there's like a, a, a the hero's journey formula. Everybody reads uh, Campbell's Hero with a Thousand Faces, right? Isn't that required reading for... I think mostly. And, for and, your type? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so they're not... It's a known quantity. It's it's a known commodity. What makes a good movie? And they're not doing it. And they're purposefully not doing it, which means their their goal is not to make money. Their goal is to influence society.
1: Yeah, I think there's that. And I think there's also just... I think there's rampant incompetence partly based on okay. we have to get people of certain checkboxes to like it. To make these things. We have to make sure that a woman is the director. Maybe maybe it is. doesn't have any experience. You know, the, 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 the woman that directed Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four is a pretty decent writer, but it's a big difference between being a writer, a screenwriter, and a director. I guess you know, and it's just not a well-made movie. It's disjointed. There's no character arc. The the character of you know her Wonder Woman's Diana's love interest, who we meet in the first movie, is jumbled and is nonsensical. Is he geriatric at
0: that point by
1: 1984? <laughs> no, I, I'm not. I won't spoil how he's. Well, I can't spoil how he's involved because I don't understand how he's involved. It's very, it's just, there's a lot of weird, pointless things in that movie. And I I saw one review on it that I think she's in, uh, we don't see her in costume other than the opening scene. Remember, it's a superhero movie, which means if they're not in their costume, they're not doing their superhero stuff. We don't see her in her costume until like an just that, a, an the hour mall scene. There's the mall scene at the opening, and then she's not in costume for the next like hour and five minutes or something. Hmm. Hmm. It's another tangent.
0: Well, yeah, uh, we do have all have limited time, and now I'm the problem is when I start a project, I like to try to. Well, actually, that's not true. I was going to say when I start a project, I like to finish it, well, but now I can go, th- I can think of dozens of projects I've started that I haven't finished. So you I have to go check finish myself it, There, I
1: mean. it If you're, if you want to, sometimes watching bad movies is, is a good way to learn how to make better movies.
0: Sometimes you do it just for fun, right? To make fun of the movies. Sure. Sure.
1: There's a whole uh, TV show based on that. Is that the, do you remember Mystery Science Theater 2000? I don't know if it's still around, but their whole shtick was making fun of old sci-fi, you know, bad sci-fi movies. And it was
0: pretty good. Yeah. Well, any, anyway, uh, we were talking about how we've, you could say that the last year was the origin story for 1984, the Orwell version, and that our society, uh, is headed towards that. But you can also, you can also look at these dystopian, um, shows and recognize them as metaphors. I think Hunger Games is a metaphor for the United States of America, um, where you have the districts and you have the capital city and the capital city reaps the benefits of the labors of all the districts and so in a way we've been living in 1984 for a long time and we've been living in hunger games for a long time and so what is the what is the uh how does the society reset either organically or how or as it's manipulated by the uh by the elites. That's that's a good question. I think that's uh what we wanted to talk about today. How how long how long was our tangent here? Like an hour? An and a half.
1: An hour and a half right now.
0: <laughs> okay, that's a pretty good tangent.
1: We've been tangenting like for for, for 14 episodes, episodes or something now. <laughs> You know, what's interesting about Hunger Games is that the districts the districts are willing to sacrifice young people.
0: And They give them to the system.
1: And we've seen that in stark reality over the last 12 months. The young people, particularly kids, you know, from from kindergarten on through college, are the ones bearing a, a lot of the burden of all of these shutdowns, lockdowns, closures. You know, it's March, right? It's March. The basketball tournament's going on right now.
0: Yeah, when you said March, you said it's March. I thought you were going to say it's March Madness. Yeah, I don't know if we could say that. That's Is a... it lost its it lost its allure? Well, like, it I... has
1: for sure. But a team, uh, a VCU, uh, I think that's Virginia Commonwealth University, was kicked out of the tournament without ever playing a game. Oh, because of COVID? Because of some positive tests plus contact tracing. N- as far as I know, they tested single, positive for white supremacy. Not a single player was ill. And yet their game got canceled. And of course, last year the whole tournament was canceled, but what again, you have you have these you have this team. It's just very representative that some bureaucrat who doesn't have to go to the team and tell them to their face that they're out. This is this is something that is important to these kids. They've worked for it all year. They've 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 gone through all the stupid red tape, all this COVID red tape, which you can see on full display if you watch one of these games. The coaches yelling through their masks. The players on the bench. There's no bench now. The players are scattered up in the first five or ten rows of the stands. That's because they now have the to bench. social distance. They have to social distance before Except- they go out.
0: When they get on the court and swap sweat and spit. Right.
1: And the ball. They share a ball that everyone touches. Oh, the referees, I forgot about the ball. The referees have specially made masks that accommodate the whistle in their mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even kidding. But, so here's... So VCU, for some reason, some, some bureaucrat had it in their head that we're going to find somebody and make oh, an example. I'm
0: so glad that you watched some of this stuff because I have been removed from the absurdity. That is like... Like we, our minds are destroyed. I mean, you're gonna uh, you're gonna allow a mask that has a hole in the center of it? No, it doesn't have a hole. It's like molded
1: over so the whistle can fit up underneath it. Oh, and then you and blow it, like, it. It looks like he's wearing okay. like a feed bag or something. Okay. <laughs> okay. I, think, I think there's a slot in there. Okay, where he but
0: can... but okay, but yeah, okay. So that's uh, okay. Maybe a slightly more rational. But the fact that they go out and then oh, exchange rational. bodily fluids right
1: but so my my, Which my I mean my,
0: it in the most basketball basketball of senses uh, my
1: point is though that we're gladly sacrificing our youth to make us and, and when i say we and us i mean the people in control he means the baby boomers the baby boomers the politicians the health uh, health officials are sacrificing the future of these kids and they're well-being in their development so that they can gain power, money, influence, and they can feel good about it. It's now virtuous to hurt kids. And you have teachers unions. The Chicago one comes to mind. Teachers unions are refusing to go back to school after these same teachers unions demanded that they were the first to be or among the first to be vaccinated. Even here in Utah, good old conservative, liberty-minded Utah, the teacher's were so among the first to be vaccinated after, of course, the first were young, healthy doctors and nurses who all made sure to get selfies with their muscles flexed and their Band-Aids on their shoulder. The vulnerable people, the people that SARS-CoV-2 is actually killing, were after, they were vaccinated after all of the, all of the political interest groups. And that's something that's happening all over the country. It's so flipped around and so inverted that Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, was criticized for vaccinating the elderly population first. The very people that this supposedly, you know, well, the empiric,
0: the empirical data shows that, first of all, half of the people that are dying die in nursing homes. And then it's mostly people over, over 65. If you are under 65, you basically have a 99.9% chance of survival, which you know those odds are kind of rough. I mean, if the Vegas odds makers today might not, you know, 99.9%. Well, we got to we got to take precautions. But, but, but all of this is... 99.99 means got to take real precautions and mask them up, test them every day. Then I'm talking about the kids in the public schools. If you're under if you're under 24, you have like a virtu- virtually no chance of spreading it. When these
1: these kids, particularly the athletes,
0: the, the athletes playing in the tournament
1: right now are tested every day. Whether they're symptomatic or not, they are tested every day. Most of them have been tested at least weekly, if not multiple times per week, since their seasons started back in October or November. But let's. These we... are people who are no, at no risk. Right. I, I'm willing to say no. Risk. these are basketball players they're athletes which means they don't have comorbidities they don't have pre-existing conditions they're among the healthiest people in the entire country planet and they're being tested multiple times a week and now daily
0: right for a disease that has a point zero zero and that's bleeding into high school percent chance it's, of killing them. it's yeah
1: so again we so I would submit we're, the- we're, we're putting our kids through hardship for no
0: Right, but this is whatsoever. this is obvious hardship. I would say, submit that we've been sacrificing our youth for a long time. Well,
1: monetarily, financially,
0: right? Because right, not not just that, but also look at what we do to them. We 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 put them into these programs, like like in our neighborhood, there are a ton of people that um, worship sports. Like, and I'm I know it's okay. it's okay. Yeah, <laughs> pointing at a one of those yard signs. Uh, hey, we
1: we love sports in this family, and yeah, but like I played, and my kids played.
0: Y- yeah, but like you, I mean, but it do you can, guys limit it to one sport? I mean, not like purposefully, but your kids basically just gravitate towards one. It it dominates your have, life, yeah. right? Like it, the it the can, practices it certainly
1: can, and it can be financially devastating. And and it's, I think kids should play sports because they learn a lot about life, but I think they should do lots of things too.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, anyway, the, the kids have been sacrificed. They are basically living the lives that the parents think are exciting and fun, right? Like the, a lot of the dads want their kids to be high school athletes. And so they spend far more time than we did when we were kids training, uh, like physical training, training there's, there's a huge industry that's developed around this. You know, all you got to do is tell parents, Hey, you you go to the parents, it goes something like this. It's a really good business opportunity. You go like, Hey, look, your kid's got talent. And all we're going to need to do is for you to sign up for a $200 a month annuity. I mean, training, it's an annuity to me, but $200 a month. And we can make an Olympic athlete out of this kid. It's, It's whether he's a skater, a gymnast, uh, a football player, or whatever. They just need this extra training. And so then you've got this whole industry where there's all kinds of additional uh, ongoing sports-related stuff. And it, it, instead of it being a diversion or a, or a friendly competition, it's become life.
1: Well, what happens, and I've seen this in multiple sports, what, what happens is that kids, by the time they're 15 years old, hate the sport. They hate it yeah. and they resent their dad for for pushing him through it. I've seen it firsthand. The other thing is, I, I think I've mentioned before. I, I'm a big baseball fan. I really like baseball. And there's a there's a surgery in baseball that's called Tommy John surgery. Because, oh, that's
0: to help you throw faster. Well, right?
1: and the first guy who ever had this ex- back then, this experimental surgery was named. He was a pitcher named Tommy John. And basically, what they do is they take. And this is going to be a real rudimentary explanation, but they take healthy ligament from your non-throwing arm and put it into your healthy or into your throwing arm to repair damage from a lifetime of being a pitcher. Hmm. And it was this successful, you know, on Tommy John, it was a successful experiment that prolonged his pitching career. Mm -hmm. Well, when he had it, I think he initially had it in his thirties, you Mm -hmm. know, and he'd been now kids are having it in high school. They're purposefully having this surgery to make their arm stronger. Hmm. And it's 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 still really risky and it's backwards, right? These but a lot of these kids are requiring it because by the time they're 19, 20 years old, they've thrown as many innings as someone used to throw by the time they were 30 or 40 as mm-hmm. a professional. You have kids. You know, a Major League Baseball season is 162 games. That's a lot of games. You basically play five five games, five, six games a week for the season. Well, those are adults. Those are professionals. They're getting paid for this. They're getting paid. Plus the team managers, you know, the, the managers, the owners, they, they, you know, a pitcher doesn't pitch every day, right? He might pitch every five days and an outfielder might play five out of every six games or whatever they manage the load and and baseball can be a kind of a relaxed sport that's why they call them managers but we have kids that are now playing a hundred games a year kids that are 12 13 14 playing 100 plus games a year between all the teams they play on high school teams nowadays are like that's the last place you want to be the scouts the recruiters they all go to the Club teams. They all really? go. They all go to these super teams, these club teams that play year-round in some cases. You know, being involved with sports, I know that the recruiters, the college recruiters are showing up to tournaments, not that high school teams are playing in, but that these club teams where you are basically all-star teams that you pay a lot of money to be a part of because, quote, we can get your kid recruited. Yeah. Anyway, this is a, another tangent
0: and it's probably a bit no, of a but it's the sacrifice sacrifice it, sacrifice <laughs> the sacrifice of our kids.
1: Well, want to it's this
0: Yeah, and it, and it's this idea that it's this idea that Like who 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 benefits there? Why do, why do parents do that? Do, why do you like it's a lot of work it to is. be is it because you want to do it for your kid or is there some sort of an ulterior subconscious motive that's that's an honest question there's probably it's probably all of the above
1: <coughs> and again i think i think i think kids should play a lot of sports especially if you if you want to your kid to have an opportunity to play at the next level if you want your kid to be a college football player he should play he should also play lacrosse or basketball or
0: baseball or or soccer or something 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 to keep up with the physicality of it do
1: diversify so that you don't first of all so you don't burn out but you learn other skills in those other sports see i never but also go ahead do other things too like go hiking and and ride a bike and go fishing and a kid should a, a kid should experience a wide variety of experiences before they decide that's the thing i want to focus on as a teenager or even as a uh...
0: anyway we just kind of decided that it wasn't going to rule our lives i mean after our first kid went through some of that stuff it's like the other the younger ones saw and we we asked if they wanted to do it but it's kind of like well that's a big commitment you know that they like you get on a soccer team a competitive soccer team and then the coach wants to own your life or the uh, heaven forbid you get on a high school team because then that becomes like a religion. Well, mm-hmm. it's all like a religion if you <laughs> want to know the, the truth. But, uh, but I think that that's, a, that's an element where we are acting a lot like Hunger Games. We, we're, se- we're setting our kids up for disaster in a way as they, they um, end up fighting each other for the scraps to survive. Well, it can also we, be
1: if we tie their self worth to how good they are yeah, at but these it, games. If
0: I, yeah, and if I, but if I'm going to use it as a metaphor, I got to say the business world is pr- perhaps the most um, apt uh, meaning of the of the symbol of the games because you take the kids. The, 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 the United States, if the United States or if, the, if Washington, D.C. is the capital city or the United States is the capital city and we've got districts all over, you know, some of the some of the kids are in district one where they're um, where they're trained to to play the game. Right. They're trained killers in Hunger Games. And some of the kids are. From the capital city where they're just wearing strange clothes and doing drugs. Right. <laughs> so they can eat a lot or whatever. Some of the kids really have to scrap and fight for it. They don't, they don't want to be a part of it, but they get sucked into it like District 12. And uh, maybe there's even a District 13 out there where people are hiding out, <laughs> trying to avoid the system. But uh, if, if you think about this, this world that we drag them into, it's really dog-eat-dog, dog, and they, they have to fight for their survival in the business world, and, and it can mean life and death and they and they do things to each other now it's not that visceral of course but if you've been in business if you have been around people who are around money and making decisions about money it gets it gets that feeling that it is a little bit hunger games
1: it is for sure and and even in kind of low stake situations you have people that Will do anything to make sure that they aren't the one who gets, who takes, who has to take responsibility for something that might go poorly, but they're always the one who can take credit for when something goes well, and that's that same, the same idea. This maneuvering, this survivor mentality, where you create these unholy alliances, and it's always just to make your. And it's in a, the end, you have it's to kill. Always the, self-preservation. Yeah, and in the end, yeah, in the end, you got to kill, kill the, the alliance. Fans. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. So, uh, you know, I looked up the etymology on utopia, and I, I wasn't quite sure what this was. I knew it had to do with topos, topos meaning a place. Nibley talks about the topo, topoi, the toposes. Uh, so the topia part of dystopia and utopia, it comes from the Greek. Topos meaning place or a, a location, a locale, a like sphere.
1: A topographical map. There you go.
0: That's where we get that word. Uh, the U though the U part of it means no. It's Greek O U U meaning no. So no place. Isn't that interesting that that's what utopia means? And if you look up a list, if you look on the internet for a list of utopian movies or books, they always come up with dystopian movies and books. There's there are no really utopian uh, endeavors relative to literature and movies. So dystopia, of course, comes from the Greek uh, dis, which means bad, so bad place. So all the utopias end up being dystopias. I, th- I think that's really interesting. And we were kind of uh, discussing some of these different movies and, and books before we started the we, before we started the podcast. and there, there's a ton of them. Let me just run, run down. A few of these, we got the Divergent series, The Hunger Games, uh, Gattaca. Star Trek is a, a series that's entirely based on the idea that mankind forms a utopia on Earth, and then they, the planet, there are certain planets that unite once they get out and, and explore the universe. But then, of course, they run into conflict uh, with with other enemies because you always have to have conflict. But
1: Gattaca is an interesting one that I think we are closer to than maybe any of these others.
0: Yeah, that that's, that's a good one. Uh, I was just going to say, uh, I was going to run down some of these other ones really quick. We could talk about Gattaca, but uh, you've got iRobot, right? That's one we could be kind of close to because robotics and technology seems to be a big theme. Uh, Minority Report, pre-crime, based not we're, on... So- we're right there, too. Not based on psychics, but based on technology. And uh, the, the one, uh, the Avengers movie that links to Minority Report is uh, Winter Soldier, where they have an algorithm that they're going to use to kill off the people that might threaten them, right? So that's really important. Uh, the Giver, Tomorrowland, uh, The Island, Total Recall, Elysium, um, Demolition Man, uh surrogates that's an interesting show um her logan's run logan's run is similar to in time uh, those are movies where the young the society is a young society because once you get older your your clock starts ticking or you you get killed at a certain age or whatever um we have uh, soylent green cloud atlas metropolis from 1927 which is one of the first of these utopian movies and of course, it's a dystopia. It's there's a there's a secret.
1: Well, all these all these,
0: I got, I've got it. We'll, we'll put up a list. But what, what I was getting at is, I watched The Village, M Night Shyamalan last night, and it's interesting because there's there are a few reveals in it. I won't reveal them. But the the idea is that the Council of Elders, or the the society, the elite of the society, either the the controller or the council or the the government, or whatever. In a lot in a lot of these movies, the 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 common theme is that they're hiding something there's a secret about the society that makes it a dystopia not a utopia and the hero is grows up in the society but then steadily becomes aware that something is wrong and uh i mean the classic matrix uh thing applies here where neo neo has a splinter in his mind you feel it like a splinter in your mind says morpheus and, and he's, you, you, do you want to know what it is, uh, <laughs> you know? A lot of these,
1: kind of piggybacking on what you're saying, that the theme or the, the story is that there's some controlling influence that thinks they're building a utopia, that thinks if they can just have enough power, control, and enough obedience among the people that they can create a utopia. This is something we see every day in, our, in real life. I mean, we were told here for the last year that if we were just obedient enough, this virus would go away. And it's interesting in these movies that almost universally, it's the bad guys that are telling everybody that they can create a utopia. If and they they're don't.
0: the ones that benefit. Right. Of course they always benefit from it, right? Because they, they, they keep control, they get the, the spoils of the society, and their position remains secure. When the truth comes out, they always get deposed because the only reason they had that position was because they they were needed to combat the evil or whatever whatever the whatever the situation was that the society thought they needed these leaders. And in the end,
1: that's one of the interesting need things about 1984 is that in the end, Winston loses. He doesn't, he loses the battle. Yeah. He doesn't break the society. He doesn't free the people. And, and that's a little bit, um, disheartening. Cause you yeah. think, well, well, why fight at all then? Right. Right. And, uh, I think a lot of people are feeling that right now. Again, I I'm, I'm always trying to look at this look at this stuff and how it applies to real life and I the demoralization campaign has worked. Now, I think well, I think people are coming out of that.
0: Yeah, time will tell, right? We, we last week we talked about new beginnings, right. new uh the new year, the new cycle and w- there will always be heroes and there will always be villains and then there will always be the rest of us. Right. And so Everybody gets their call to adventure at a different time and in a different place. Uh, Another way that we've said that in the past is that men go mad in herds, but they come to their senses one at a time. Not everybody comes to their senses. Right. So this is sort of a period, I think, where we're identifying the heroes. In a lot of these movies, you said it, there's heroes,
1: villains, and there's everyone else. In 1984, you have Winston... And then you have Big Brother or the Party, and then you have the the dirty rabble, the proletariat, in the plebes. In the in the Matrix, you have Neo and his friends. You have the agents, and then you have all the people in the in between, right? That they get caught up in everything. All the sleeping people in the Matrix. Mm-hmm.
0: So yeah, and these, and then you have the girl in the red dress,
1: right? So, I guess the point is that. For most of us, it's okay to go along, just be one of the regular people, unless you get that splinter in your mind.
0: Until you're called to adventure.
1: That call is going to come to everybody in some form or another, I think. That's my belief, that at some point in our lives, we have to make a decision to either accept or reject the call. Your call to adventure might be really simple. It might just be, I'm going to smile at people today. It might be something bigger. You might be Rand Paul telling Dr. Fauci in a Senate hearing that he's full of crap, <laughs> which is an epic clip it's epic, yeah. that we
0: need to share. Okay, let me write that down.
1: It, it might your call might be to write uh, big, you know, posts on Facebook and take all that heat and and take those it fiery might darts. it might
0: be an ongoing set of uh things like that you know right. that that seems to be the direction we're headed is this uh because because things don't like the movies are interesting because things happen quickly it has to finish within about two to three hours because then you lose the audience's interest so it seems like you know man, it's just one thing after another, but in in reality it's a long drawn out battle of a sort of a war of attrition between light and darkness and there are certainly massive inflection points you know wars conflicts battles and stuff like that where where the uh resolution becomes it comes quickly and finally for a lot of people so because you know if somebody dies that's the end of the end of their story right there at least the their story here on this earth but we're 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 still involved in it even though it's playing out in in a more drawn-out fashion and when it's over when you turn your inner eye to see its path when you look back and you you look at what has happened you will realize that you've been on this journey and you'll be able to point to those monumental or momentous Maybe not monumental, but those 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 high points the, of action or inaction, where you could have done or did do something differently, or or could have learned or did learn or didn't learn what what you were supposed to learn as the hero. So it's, I think the 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 movies they're sort of en- enigmatic for that reason. They they're inspiring. They're also propagandistic, and they they get us. <clears throat> focusing on important well they get us subconsciously thinking about important things they program us in a lot of ways but when you can see beyond the the matrix there you know then it, then it can get frustrating because they move quickly and and your life doesn't move that fast so uh, it's a really strange phenomenon
1: well one common theme among the heroes is that they they once they know the truth they stand up for it And that's something that can be done in in our normal lives without having to put a whole lot, right now anyway, a whole lot at risk. Most of us, if we post what we believe to be the truth or what we know to be the truth onto social media, most of us aren't going to get fired the next day. You're just going to have your weird (laughs) brother-in-law tell you you're brainwashed or something on 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 your Facebook post. So find ways that you can... Stand up and speak the truth in your circle of influence. Again, remember that over the last year, we've been prevented from gathering together and from communicating and from doing things that that would facilitate the sharing of knowledge and truth and light. And, and we've had a human, that human contact el- eliminated or at least tried to be eliminated so reclaim that stuff and speak the truth in your in your circles and it doesn't mean that you go around with a with a sandwich board but it means speaking the truth and having conversations like Jordan and I try to have here and again we don't we don't claim to know to know it all and to have all the truth we're figuring it out as we go right and and well, making observations based on our own experiences but we're, that's being it's tr- they're trying to take our ability to do that away so continue to do that cuz right. that's one of the anecdotes Antidotes? Anecdote. what's the poison thing antidote antidote yeah yeah that's one of the antidotes to this poison Here, take this anecdote an anecdote no. <laughs> is like it's like me telling you about when I went to the restaurant yes. and had a uh, had a yeah. mask. <laughs> so you're dying,
0: and I want you to take this anecdote. No, least, don't tell me a funny. At least I'll story. die with a I'll, with a smile, with a smile
1: on my face. Antidote. You know, you do these things where you talk a lot, and you realize that you all your life you have said the word wrong,
0: said words wrong. It happens least, every once in a while. It happens more than you think, huh? It does. Yeah. I think we do a pretty good job though of. Well, when you're just flying by the seat of your pants here off the cuff, that this is like guys, this is hard work. We need some help. Like, comment, subscribe, give us some give us some feedback. See,
1: that's an interesting example. Right there in a row, you said flying by the seat of your pants off the cuff. What is that what did those words even mean? What are those phrases? Where do they come from? <laughs>
0: Right. That's a good question. Should we put that on the... Maybe we should... I'm going to have to do a little research, and I'll post that on the... It's uh,
1: kind of fun to look up origins of common phrases like that. It's usually pretty nonsensical. But yes, please like, comment, subscribe. Sign up for our newsletter.
0: <laughs> we I don't we haven't signed up for notifications. yet, yeah, but yeah, writing a newsletter would be a little bit of a chore. Yeah, so. I, I won't call it a newsletter, but yeah. we may we may. I'm use, gonna punt on that one.
1: We may maybe we send out some of the links that we put on the website. I think
0: the idea is you know we've been doing this podcast every week, but it doesn't always come out exactly the same time. Probably uh, when we get a little bit of an email list, we'll start sending out. Uh, a regular notification, maybe with a, with a positive affirmation, like you can do it. You, you can do it. You are the hero of your own story. We're all in this together, (laughs) alone
1: together. It's how you get your life back. Listening to the mind virus podcast is how how you you get get your your life back. back. (laughs) (laughs) Until everyone is listening to the mind virus podcast, everyone will have to stay in their homes. <laughs> that's another phrase I've been seeing is until we're all safe or till everyone is safe Nobody's no one is safe. safe. That that's that's crazy talk. That's bull crap. That's you know what that is? That's like in in that's insanity. That's like Bobby uh what's his name in um the race car movie? Tr- Bobby Will Ferrell
0: Oh, uh Talladega Nights. Yeah. I didn't uh, see that one.
1: Oh, you got to <laughs> see that one when his his dad tells him if you ain't first you're last, and so Bobby <laughs> lives his life with this mantra: "If you ain't first, you're last." And then finally, at the end, somewhat of a spoiler here, but you should still watch it. I and mean, it's a ridiculous film. At the end, Bobby's like, y- "You know, but if you ain't first, you're last." And his dad's like, "Who, who said that?" <laughs> He's like, "You told me this." Like, he did. I did. I was probably high at the time. He goes. Then he goes. There can be second place in third place, in fourth place, in fifth place.
0: (laughs) He keeps going on. So this idea that that
1: nobody is safe until everyone is safe is just like saying, if you ain't first, you're last. It's nonsense, it's garbage, it's so stupid. Okay, so anyway,
0: we might send something out. If you wanna get in on our newsletter, it would be like buying Bitcoin in 2012.
1: Wow, you're putting a lot of pressure on um, us to have got We've got content. nine
0: years. <laughs> but in nine years, it could be worth $60,000. Know, and it might crash at any point in time. But
1: Bitcoin's an interesting... I tried to buy Bitcoin a couple of years ago, and it was such a hassle that I gave up on it. But it's an interesting phenomenon that I can't see, I can't see the oligarchy letting it
0: continue. No, but it's a wild ride. It is. Either that, either that, or they will co-opt it. Right, or it will become the
1: universal digital currency.
0: Yeah. Or anyway, that's I a di- that's a different topic. We can talk I don't about fully cryptocurrencies. Under, uh,
1: fully understand about that stuff, but it's also kind of telling that its value is tied up in the currency it's supposed to replace.
0: Yeah, that's the problem. Is you pay your taxes and you pay your mortgage in Federal Reserve notes, so.
1: I still think the most valuable thing in the future is, is going to be bullets, cigarettes, and manual labor. Those are the things we'll trade. Alcohol. If you can, if you can make it. Yeah, You're
0: going to have to make it in a still in the woods. <laughs> a, a bottle of actual Jack Daniels will go for like 400,000 cigarettes or yeah. 50 million Stanley nickels, or something.
1: Yeah, maybe 10 shrewd bucks or a box of 9 mil full metal jacket.
0: Yeah, well, it it could be, you know, there, that's a that's another good topic for discussion later. Is how uh, how does this all play out? What is, what does it end up looking like? Well,
1: there is a movie I haven't seen, but in my little search for dystopian movies, there's one called "How Does It End."
0: I have seen that.
1: Is it is it worth watching?
0: Yeah, but you're not going to be happy at the end.
1: <laughs> well, is anybody really happy at the end of dystopia? Yeah, books? but um, the but with this one, Your you're going to be like, okay.
0: what the. <laughs> All right, so it's worth watching just for that moment of ah, oh, my
1: gack, I, I just wasted my.
0: No, I don't, I don't. Well, yeah, you kind of feel like that, but you're also like, oh, okay, I guess, yeah, that was a interesting experiment. Well, some of these, some of these don't have like,
1: like we mentioned, 1984, or The Road is another one. That, and again, yeah, I, don't, I don't know. Doesn't that one? I don't up, know how the movie ends because I haven't seen it.
0: I that was a little darker, right? Because it addresses cannibalism.
1: There is some of that. The
0: book. That's uh, the guy that played Aragorn. Yeah. What's his name? His name is. Dang. It was on the tip of my tongue.
1: Mine too. His name is Viggo Mortensen. Good job. I'll edit that so it makes it sound like I just rolled it right off.
0: I think you should do that. If you, if you work really hard on this episode, you might could m- but make us sound really smart. In the
1: book, the book really focuses on the father and the son relationship and the kind of their wanderings. I haven't seen the movie, so I've tried to find the movie. I can't find it online in any of the normal
0: there's a guy, channels. But. There's a guy that wrote, uh, a guy named James Wesley Rawls that wrote Patriots. He runs Survival Blog. So if, if you want to get into the prepper community, I highly recommend Survival Blog. And he wrote this book called Patriots, Surviving the Coming Collapse. And so for, about the, I think it's about 20 years old. But it's, it's an interesting uh, book on how these folks moved to Idaho and you know, he follows a few different people in their different areas. So there's a lot of people planning to survive the coming well, collapse.
1: I, I feel like I have a pretty good background or I'm ready because I've played a lot of Fallout video games. Oh, good. The Fallout series, post-Nuke. So I know that I can walk around and find bottle caps. That'll be the currency. Um, <laughs> and that in every mailbox, there might be a hat or some dollars or a gun or some bullets. Or if I shoot the radioactive thing, I can look at it and it'll have some a gun on it or some armor. That, so you, I feel pretty prepared. See,
0: <laughs> see, this is this is interesting because the uh all, all of the dystopian, well, most of the dystopian stuff, Including like Star Trek, they make allusion to, or they actually literally make it a big part of the of the story. The idea that there's a cataclysm, right? And so we're that's built into, as the economists would say, it's baked into the cake that that there's going to be some sort of a cataclysmic event. And most of them
1: just gloss right over the event itself. If if they even acknowledge it, they just say after the purge the After thing the thing yeah some of them might sometimes, throw a little b-roll together of nukes going on yeah sometimes
0: you're trying to figure out what happened that's that's an interesting part of oh. some of these movies but but and sometimes well there and then there, there's another genre which you get the independence day and the ender's game stuff starship troopers where the the earth unites against an alien enemy so that's we got to throw that out there but but if we if we end up in the uh in the cataclysm and surviving because of the cataclysm type of a of a scenario you got to realize anyone younger than what 50 anybody that's played any of these first person shooter video games or I, almost any video game what it teaches you is to kill the other people and loot their corpses does it not is that not the main yeah take this I'm yelling, is that not the main thing about video games is you shoot people and you you do it because you have to get the stuff off of their body I'm, well, I'm seriously concerned about this that's like in the psyche
1: it is it is for sure and it also gives you a little uh hit of dopamine and incentive to continue playing the game to get better stuff you need to keep killing people do things in the world the, the virtual world yeah there's other games though that are are less focused on that like Tell some me, of these builder games like uh, say minecraft minecraft does have that element if you want it there's a popular one right now where you're a viking called valheim okay and it's it's a builder game so you build you start from nothing and you you build huts and better better and better structures and be, you this create is better tools. this is good
0: discussion because we didn't we didn't you add go out video and, games to our our list but of you do literature. go out and
1: hunt Animals like deer and things, uh-huh. and there are all these little creatures and monsters that you can attack and get valuable things from to, con- to continue your progression.
0: See, the whole whole video game category is an is a whole segment of literature that we never really think of as literature, but these games always have these. uh w- What do you call them? There's a story being told. There's a narration that goes on, and then you you do something, but then you a lot of times they stop and clip to a movie. Right when you're doing there's the a lot first of person campaign scenes. You know, for scenes, example
1: okay. the the fallout series it's it's a long it's been around for a long time but it, it just like in a lot of movies you play this you play hero, the protagonist you're a hero and you 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 wake up post nuke you know you 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 were able to go to a shelter a fallout shelter and survive the nukes and then you're you get frozen and you come out into this destroyed World, you know the the most recent one is West Virginia. It takes place in West Virginia, post nuke West Virginia, and you go out there and there's mutants and there's other survivors, and there's other player characters that you can interact with as well. And but yeah, it, they're not different than movies. They're they're participatory movies yeah. you you participate it's like remember when we were kids those choose your own adventure books yeah I love those because you could get credit for reading a whole book but from reading six pages but <laughs> they got banned from our from our like page total things that oh we had that's hilarious but the video games are in a sense like that now we've talked about NPCs non-player characters there is a there's a story a structured story that you have to play within but More and more of these games are more open-ended, or at least in addition to the main storyline, there's a whole bunch of different side stories, and you can sort of create your own world out there.
0: Getting back to the Choose Your Own Adventure books, I had to read, generally ended up having to read the whole book because I would always pick the, the ending that ended the way I didn't want. It's like, oh, I died, or I that no let's go back and make the other decision because we can't have it end that way right there were too many bad endings
1: yeah interest, those were interesting books i don't know if if those are still being produced I nowadays i think
0: that that's probably a collectible area of uh used books i got to go look and see yeah. if there's any any racial stereotypes in there though they're that's probably a growth industry where you could buy it now in anticipation of it getting banned or censored or canceled and then sell it
1: well I think next up for banning, I think uh, look at the Bernstein Bears. I think those are gonna get canceled. So if you buy um, if you wanna
0: buy that, buy two copies so that you can put Ramo- one on ebay.
1: The Ramona series probably get canceled. I don't know, I'm just guessing here.
0: Bernstein Bears. Did you used to call that the Bernstein Bears? I don't. I don't know. Do you remember? I don't do, even know if Bernstein is the right. That is correct. But a lot of people will say that they that that changed due to the Mandela effect. I've heard that. I've heard okay. the Mandela and Berenstein Bears. Because I used Bears. to call it the Bernstein Bears, and I thought, and when I saw that it was the Berenstein Bears, I was like, uh, maybe they're right. But the Man- Mandela effect is interesting. <laughs> it's really interesting.
1: <laughs> We're kind of floating around right now. But well,
0: I think that. This this I think what we've done this episode is we've opened up a whole bunch of new possibilities for future well, episodes. Video because-
1: games, <clears throat> video games for our kids' generation, video games are their movies. Now they still watch movies, but not like we did. No,
0: they got to be good movies.
1: You know, when I was when I was a when I was a young teenager or like a preteen, you know, ten to fifteen years old before I had a driver's license, basically. The thing we did was we, on Friday after school, we begged our moms to take us all, you know, a group of friends, get one of the moms to take us down to the movie store, the Blockbuster video or the Hollywood video or whatever, and let us rent a movie. Hmm. And we always wanted to go early in the afternoon so we could get there and get the good movie. Yeah, before, before they other were people rented them because. Yeah. I remember when a hot movie came out onto VHS, I think Terminator 2 comes to mind. The video store had a whole wall of Terminator 2 copies. Yeah. And they'd have the cover, right? They yeah, to take the cover tabbed. up to the front or yeah. something. And I remember seeing that they were just gone. Every copy was gone. And so what ended up happening, if we if we didn't get there on time to get the, the hot new releases, we had to
0: get creative <laughs> yeah you had to browse you'd be looking and we oh, i've seen that one And that's where we I've found like
1: one. movies like tremors oh tremors is classic classic, but classic. But the, the original especially is classic
0: yeah i, don't, Big I, mean, I haven't seen any
1: had uh kevin bacon yeah reba mcintyre
0: i haven't seen any uh of the subsequent tremors
1: they're not really worth your time but you have seen them i've seen i think two and three, but I think there's like five of them.
0: Oh, they keep making them. They're total cult classics. You know what was another one that's become a cult classic was Skyline. I saw the first one and I thought, we saw it with some friends in the, theaters, in the theater and we were like aghast at how bad it was. <laughs> and I can't believe they've made like three or four other movies off of it. But
1: Well, now kids come home from school and it's, they, they want to get on their online video games and play together yeah and so they're alone together okay
0: so i have a question for you because i i know i think it's a fair statement that you play more video games than i do um my experience has been that and and i am significantly concerned about this shoot people loot the corpse uh model that people have ingrained in their psyche not and it's not just kids it's like the 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 18, or actually it's more like the 12 or, or eight year old, all the way to probably 50 year old demographic, especially men, and a lot of women now too, have played a lot of first person shooters. And it's not just first person shooters like Warcraft or uh, Ultima. I played Ultima online way back in the day. The idea is you loot the corpse mm-hmm. and that's how you get your stuff. Whether you're killing the monsters or the bad guys or the other people, you, you gotta loot the corpse. And so that's a big part of the video game psyche. Uh, are there cooperative world building, like where people really are out doing positive things with each other? Besides, like, I guess, I don't know, I've heard of The Sims, right? But that ends up being more of a deviant society <laughs> right. type of a <laughs> experiment.
1: Um, I mean, I think in, say, something like like this... MMORPG genre like a World of Warcraft or Elder Scrolls Online. There is corpse looting, but there's also people teaming up to do something. Usually,
0: usually to to kill go, the thing to, kill, to get kill, the corpse. Right. Usually it's to kill a bigger group of people and get their corpses yeah. looted. Or have, kill a dragon or something these, like that.
1: There's there's a there's the survival genre, survival game genre, like I mentioned Valheim, um Minecraft could could be categorized into that Um, games like Ark or I know I'm forgetting kind of the but there's one based on the Conan universe where you basically start as a wash up on a beach or something Mm. with nothing you know a loincloth (laughs) and again yeah there is there is hunting and stuff involved in those and Knock And some of them have PVP, which is player versus player. Right. So you could knock them over the head and take their stuff. Exactly. <laughs> Taking stuff is pretty universal. That's, that's what it's,
0: you do in video games is you take stuff.
1: Because I think video games have to provide a way of getting stuff. And I don't think people want to be actual farmers in a video game. You can. There are games like that. But not in the sense of like actual... <laughs> Yeah, well, you'll have you have Taking a whole community. You'll
0: have a whole community develop where, and and it even it even uh, transfers into the real world where you can buy and sell in-game items through certain types of networks. There, there's even a cryptocurrency that I found was uh, dedicated to that idea that they're facilitating the the buying and selling of in-game items. Uh, yeah, some of the games, depending on what you know, type of a lot of a lot of the games
1: try to try to prevent that because they want to control right, they want to control if, the if, money if you're selling in their in game items they want you they want to make the spread they want to they make the commission or whatever. right now in a lot of games they call that pay to win and, and that's everyone hates those kind of games because but what you can buy a lot of times are like skins and which is like a cost
0: novelty things
1: yeah a cool sword that isn't necessarily any powerful, more powerful than what you can get in the game, but it looks cool.
0: Do they set up mechanisms whereby you don't lose your stuff if you die?
1: Depends on the game. Like, for example, War, World of Warcraft, you won't lose your stuff if, if a player kills you. He can't
0: loot you. Oh, really? But you can kill monsters and things and loot them. See, in Ultima, back in the day, this is like 20 years ago, there were people that were actually farming and doing... Because you you needed materials to make things. Yeah, and and that so there, still was like a, there was like an economy going on.
1: That still exists in these games in different forms. Like World of Warcraft, you have crafting and you can make things. And the value of that has fluctuated over time. A, a game like, you know, I mentioned Valheim... You can create farms and grow crops because you need that stuff. You need food. and You can also go and hunt deer, but you're not going to get barley from a deer,
0: right? All right, So you might have to get it from some other player or...
1: It, you can't kill players in that particular well, game. Well, I mean, but... but you
0: could trade with them, right? Yeah. Well, it's interesting how video games create a false reality that we voluntarily opt into. You know, it's like a... It's like the Matrix but you want to be there because it, it creates a world that's more interesting and fun to you and and it is somewhat alarming that one of the main aspects of that rela- reality is that you get to kill people and loot their corse- corpses. So
1: right. I I think one of the reasons video games are so popular and it is it's a huge industry. Um, yeah,
0: we're talking billion billion billions like lots of stuff.
1: I think it's I think it's popular because it occupies your brain in a way that movies don't you participate in the story you can you can have an uh you can have an influence on
0: the outcome well movies usually last two to three hours and these games can go for days right like or or for i guess for years if if it's like like warcraft
1: worlds yeah but they and they give you little hits of dopamine that a movie doesn't you you loot that corpse and it's I got some gold from that. Or I got a new sword. I, I'm now more powerful. Or I finished the quest and the quest giver gave me a new piece of armor to wear. And so there's these little hits. Mm-hmm. And there's tasks. I think people like checking off boxes. And so you might have four or five quests to do and you go and do those and you feel like you accomplished something. Or you get to explore new worlds and to... You know, a lot of times the maps are there's fog of of war around the maps until you go into that area, and then it makes a nice little noise, and you've discovered the Valley of the Dinosaurs. Or yeah, whatever. I think
0: that's one of the reasons they're really alluring. Uh, also, is that they they present these new worlds to explore because we are explorers, right? We 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 seek out um, new life. No, <laughs> to borrow Star Trek, we, uh, we naturally want to learn and know and discover, and so when um, when this world kind of loses its luster, then uh, the video and game environment can provide a, a place that's exciting and new and adventurous, and and you can go out and safely explore. So, anyway, we're yeah, we're definitely off on a pretty good uh, uh, side subject here. But the the idea was again, um, what makes a good society? what makes a bad society i think we've we've definitely focused a lot on <laughs> how our society is following that pattern of
1: destruction
0: destruction yeah disintegrate <laughs> disintegration and demoralization disintegration literally means to not no longer be integrated and to no longer have integrity and to be demoralized means you've lost your morals and you know destruction of course is could be described as totally being shredded down to the last atom, to borrow a phrase from Endgame, Thanos. But it also can just be that the, the morals and the integrity of the society is destroyed. It, do, it doesn't necessarily mean that we devolve into a total collapse society. When it talks about the destruction of the world in the scriptures, it, the, the, the world are the people, and it's the minds of the people. And so for the society to be destroyed does not necessarily mean we have to go through the nuclear holocaust. It can simply mean that we've switched from one society to another one. And what that looks like, it's sort of up to us, but it's up to the total, the total society, right? We, and, and then how we interact with each other demonstrates who we are and whether or not we're the heroes or the villains.
1: I think this, this coming year is going to be really critical because I think you can, you can, you can give a lot of people sort of a pass for letting this, these COVID restrictions get out of hand. It started with two weeks to slow the spread, and people kind of said, okay, well, we can do this for two weeks and see how it goes. Remember, the original pretext was to prevent hospitals from being overwhelmed, and that never happened hospitals just weren't overwhelmed. We never
0: prevented them from being overwhelmed is what Bobby's saying. So <laughs> right now your local hospital is overwhelmed. Overwhelmed. No. <laughs> oh, no, they, they never, they never overwhelmed were overwhelmed with <laughs> boredom over. Yeah, exactly. They were, they were never overwhelmed. In fact, the, the reverse occurred. Millions of dollars were lost by certain hospitals. Others were blessed with all the COVID patients and, uh, thousands of people lost their jobs and had to change jobs. And, you know, people were denied medical care. It never, it never, there was never, uh, an overwhelming of the hospitals. That's a lie. So, but
1: people went along with that two weeks, right? And you can, you can kind of understand that. And then the summer came along and we kind of lived normal lives and it was, it was in the fall where this really started to tumble out of control, in my opinion, at least here. In Utah. In Utah and some of the other places in the United States. The coming year, I think, is going to be really important because we're going to have to, at some point, collectively say enough is enough and to collectively take back our lives. We don't get our lives back because X number of people get a vaccine or have a vaccine passport or something. They've taken something from us that we won't get back unless right. we, we take it. You, back. You,
0: you only have the rights that you're willing to defend to your death. The, at the end of the day, that is the only thing you have is what you're willing to defend to the death because everything else they will try to take from you. So in one way or another,
1: so the, I know that's pretty the success. Pretty well, dark, it, but it's true. It's true. The success of call it what you want. The great reset, whatever. The success of that is going to be made or broken over the next month, the next few months. You know, we saw a lot of protesters in Europe, a little bit in the United States. And you know what the cops are out there doing, at least in. Holland. Holland is Dutch, right? Yeah. Yeah, Dutch police were out there beating unarmed people uh, with their batons. And those videos made the rounds. Yeah. These were people that were literally just standing in a park. Social distancing. And the police come flying in in their little police van. They hit a lady with their police van. It's like something out of a stupid, like a comedy. They come (laughs) in there, they pour out of these vans, and they're looking around. And everyone's just kind of staring at these cops, like, "Why are you here?" And then they run up and they all just start hitting people. like the there this isn't a situation of like Antifa where Antifa's antagonizing the police and attacking them, and there's this conflict. This was cops showing up looking for a fight. The cops were the and and I've seen video they they beat this guy down onto the ground, this older gentleman who's just standing there and his crime standing there, standing there without a mask, in a in a park. So there is definitely going to be conflict ahead, and I hope it doesn't get to that in your situation. I hope that you don't have to be beat by a cop, but you are going to have to stand there at some point. You're going to have to stand up for what you value, and I hope you value freedom and liberty and personal sovereignty.
0: Personal responsibility. Personal
1: responsibility and I hope you value others' personal responsibility, sovereignty, freedom, and liberty as well. Because right now you have, don't be part of this elite, so-called elite, self-appointed elite, like the political and the medical and the professor class who's willing to send our most vulnerable to the guillotine so that they can feel virtuous and safe. Don't be part
0: of that. Wise words.
1: Like, comment, subscribe.
0: Yeah, on that note, I think we should table the discussion and come back to it. I think the concept of what makes a good society is a really good subject that we all ought to be thinking about right now. And clearly we're in a in a transitory phase. Um it, you know, projecting what's gonna happen is uh, <laughs> it, it's fun. It's good, clean fun. Nick you nibly like to say that speculation's good, clean fun. But uh, we got to recognize ourselves as the heroes. And right now, it's a time to spread the word, to spread truth, to spread light and positivity. And, you know, the good news is this this virus was not the apocalyptic virus that uh, the movies and the, the controllers had tried to make us think might happen where lots of people would die. You know, and I think that's a... I think we might have talked about this before. I think that's a... Uh, It's great news. Huh? It's great news. Oh, it's great news, but I I think the idea that we're the idea that we could actually have the type of virus they've tried to make us scared of, I think is is a is a false reality. I don't think it's like it's like the speed of light. There's I think there's a universal speed limit in uh, biology where you can have a virus that's super deadly and kills off the patient really quick, or you can have one that spreads far and wide, and you can't have both because the more it spreads, the easier it spreads. The, the less damaging it is to the human body because it has to be that. Otherwise it can't get out there and spread. And so now, That's why the, you don't see Ebola breakouts.
1: With, especially nowadays with our modern uh, hygiene and, you know, clean water, clean yeah. medical supplies, all that kind of stuff, like,
0: right you're only finding ebola in african countries where they don't have that and where where the where they live in a really close tight society and share the same water food you know sanitation uh, toiletries or whatever or they don't have them and that allows a village to you know have 60 percent of the village wiped out by this fast moving very deadly virus but it it never spreads beyond that and all the liter- all the popular uh fictional literature to the contrary we're dealing with the common cold <laughs> and the common cold is not very deadly. And in order to make it deadly, you have to induce people to do, do things they wouldn't normally do um, and wreck society as we've done. So there's a lot of positive things that we can say about what's going on. We need to be those people that that are part of team reality. In fact, maybe that's going to have to be the title of today's episode is team reality, we need to be on team reality we need to be advocates for truth and and help people to recognize we can chill out we can we can live normal lives and we don't have to have the vaccine you don't if you're healthy if 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 it's a disease that has a a less than 1% chance of killing you <laughs> you don't need to be vaccinated for it that that is not why we take vaccines and so, anyway, you you can go out and spread this. You can help people understand this. You, you got to do it rationally, diplomatically, carefully, but it might be uncomfortable because, um, you know, the the institutional side of things is working against us. The the power and the money structure is working against us. But I think, I do think that the majority of the people are ready to be done with this and would would be. Uh, amenable they'll they'll be open to and probably are looking for somebody to to blaze that trail to just somebody needs to stand up and say okay enough's enough yeah enough's enough it's time i'm not wearing the i'm not wearing the mask here at this game i think that's already happening i think it's already happening with parents i think it's happening uh in um it's it's we're probably going to see it more in supermarkets and businesses especially over the summer and w- we need adults to do it and it's it's going to be a tricky thing to get it into the schools because the those are so tightly controlled by administrators they just uh they have a, essentially a stranglehold on truth there and they are strangling the truth but anyway as parents we have a great deal of influence and we can we can help our kids and we can help our neighbors and our friends and family to to uh to be on team reality
1: well we're going to let you guys go <laughs> I know you're. I know you don't want it. I know you want this to go on for six hours. But <laughs> <laughs> no, we appreciate you guys. Uh, again, we we're always open to feedback uh, on topics, on just feedback of what we can do better. And we appreciate. Thanks uh, for the
0: comments you guys have given us already. Yeah, we we uh, we've gotten some good uh, technical tips, some good feedback, a few comments on the website. I'm glad you're listening.
1: Glad you're listening, and we. We'll see you again next week. I am Bobby Flood. He is Jordan Bruno. And we are the Mind Virus Podcast.
0: Take care, everybody.